And we're back. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Matty G. The Omega-3 Poppy, a.k.a. the low-key OG. Here, as always, with Colby Patnode. Colby, what's happening? Hey, man. Uh, not much. You know, gearing up for what will be my eighth podcast this week. So... Uh, first one talking football. Uh, so it'll, it'll be uh, fun. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how many of these we can crank out this year. I think last year we literally just did this, this episode, but, uh, I think this is the episode you guys care most about anyway. So, uh, we'll, we'll crank this one out, try to keep it under four and a half hours. We're not trying to give you the Zack Snyder director's cut here, but, uh, we'll see what we can do. And, uh, excited, man. I haven't really, uh, broken down the draft yet. Uh, so it'll be fun to talk through some things. Yeah, no, same here. I haven't really sat down and formally kind of gotten a total feel for all the rosters, how the draft went, best pick, worst pick, things like that. Uh, You know, in fairness, we haven't actually formally uh, prepared anything. We're just kind of going into it. And so what you guys uh, are going to get here is just just the raw, uncut, um, you know, whatever we're seeing um, in the moment. We're gonna let you know what the first thing that comes to our mind, and and um, yeah, we'll try to we'll try to get through this as quickly as we can. So you know, always every year this this particular pod, I mean, it has potential to go you know what two two three hours easily. Um, we're gonna definitely um, make it shorter than that. Um, but in any case, without any further ado, I guess we might as well just start off on the top. With Jake Smith at the 101, and one thing that I I think it's I think it's only right to to point out that with the 101, he resisted the temptation to take Dangerous. Um, now I, I'm sure you and I both agree that was the right move. Um, I guess to be honest with you, I'm just a little bit surprised that Jake is willing to go through the season without the Broncos first quarterback of consequence since Peyton Manning, you know, it's been, it's been like 10 good years um, since they've had a quarterback that mattered. And, um, and you got to think that he's excited to have him in Denver and you got to think that he'd love to have him on his fantasy roster. So, so the first observation that I just want to throw out there is that I am a little bit surprised that, that Jake didn't trade down. I figured he would. I figured he would. Tra- he could trade down into the, the at least the latter half of the first round. He probably could recoup some value with in, in the second or the third round to make up for the fact that he gave up the 101, and then he would have ended up with Russ. Uh, but for whatever reason, um, and I don't think he was wrong necessarily to do this, but you know he he was content to stay pat and and take Josh Allen. Yeah, probably the right move. Um... I think the I think for Jake the the Russ dream died when he got the one hundred and one. He might have been the only guy mad to ever get the the first pick in the draft. Um, he tried to play cool, but we know we know what's up. So uh, yeah, you know it's it's Josh Allen. It's 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 a, it's a good pick. There's I, a couple ways he could have gone with this. I think he picked the right guy. Uh, yeah, it's a little surprising. Uh, what might be more surprising is Jake only has uh, one Denver Bronco on his team, I believe. So. Uh, and it didn't take him until the 10th round. So, uh, our ninth round. 
So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a good start to the draft here. Taking Josh Allen. Uh, I, I don't know if he got any buzz on the first pick um, because, you know, every year we say, oh, yeah, we'll allow draft pick tradings and then nobody ever makes a draft pick trade. So I can't say I'm too surprised that nobody moved up to the 101. Uh, but, uh, hey, you know, I don't know if Jake was shopping it or not. So uh, but he's he stayed and he picked and uh, he made a pretty good pick. So uh, I'm sure he's feeling pretty good about the uh, the selection there of Josh Allen. Right, and I and I agree with you. I do think that he made the right decision there. Um, as for the rest of, the, of his draft here, um, you know, the, the tough thing about picking first, obviously, is you have to wait forever for your second pick. But uh, all things considered, I think he made out pretty nice on the turn with Barkley and and Cousins. Um, I guess what I would really, what I really want to talk about, the one thing that really stands out to me when I'm when I'm scrolling his roster here uh, and or, and his draft. And is his top the, the top three receivers that he took were Deontay Johnson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. And I don't think that I'm really going out on much of a limb here when I say that that if those are your starting three receivers, it's a little tough to be excited about that part of your roster. Um that's just my opinion. I mean, I mean, it's tough enough, really, with the offense in Seattle being what it is with either Geno or Drew to pick either DK or Lockett. But to double up on Seattle receivers, uh, you know, and then, of course, Deontay is going to be catching passes this year from either Trubisky or Pickett. So we don't really know what to expect this year in Pittsburgh as far as the passing game is concerned. Um it's just uh, that's that's tough, you know. Outside of that, outside of that, I don't really see, at least as far as the starting roster is concerned, I don't really see any any um, you know causes for concern necessarily. But color me skeptical on on, on these receivers. Yeah, you know, you kind of look at the board and how things fell for Jake. Um, you know, really to, to snag a wide receiver better than that uh, would have been to take one at, you know, at the turn, uh, either two, one, four or three, three Oh one. Um, and you can just kind of look at the board who was available when Jake got on the clock in the second round. We're talking CD lamb, Tyree kill Debo. Like we're talking about guys who have their own question marks, Keenan Allen. That seems a bit rich, uh, Mike Evans and, you know, Saquon's right there. I'm happen to be a big Saquon believer this year. Uh, it's weird to me that people are willing to give a pass to Christian McCaffrey uh, because, well, he, when he's good or when he's healthy, he's really good. And yet they don't extend the same kind of exemption to Saquon. That just feels weird to me. Uh, and then obviously, you know, I think Jake looking at the board here on, on the turn there, looking at how many quarterbacks went between the time he took Allen and by the time he got back on the clock. And there's definitely a cliff after, uh, after Kirk cousins. So, uh, it's kind of hard to see where he might have picked a receiver instead. Now you could say maybe he should have picked, I don't know, maybe he should have picked DJ Moore over, over, you know, the receivers that he did get, or maybe Brandon cooks, but you know, you just kind of look at how the board fell. I, I think that's roughly the best he could do, uh, just based on how, uh, uh the other picks la- uh, played out. And that's, Honestly, there's, there's very little Jake can do uh, about that. So I think he did okay. Uh, I will say the running back depth is, is pretty impressive here. 
so I, I do think that uh, Jake is going to have ammo to go out and trade for a, a wide receiver. Uh, and I happen to know that he's already working on that. So we'll see if, if uh, anything gets done. I, I doubt anything of significance really happens before week one or two anyways. But uh, for now, I, I think it's fine. Uh, I, I do believe Jake is going to want to break up those Seahawks wide receivers. Uh, and we'll just see if he's, uh, if he gets any takers, but, uh, yeah, just kind of the way the board fell is you can understand why Jake maybe, uh, maybe went with the build decision that he did because yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> well, I think, so I think that, you know, initially, initially you started off there talking about who he could have taken instead of Barkley. I don't have an issue with, with Barkley or cousins. I, I think that what you're really onto something when you when you talk about that second turn there where he went Deontay mm-hmm. and Metcalf and there was a run on receivers in the fifth round that yeah. after he takes Metcalf, there's a couple picks, a couple of running backs come off, and then there's a run at receiver. DJ Moore, you know, T. Higgins, Brandon Cooks, Marquise Brown, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith Schuster. That bunch of receivers there, you could make an argument that that potentially all of them would have been better in my opinion than Deontay and Metcalf. I, I I think I would have rather double tapped a couple of those guys that went after Deontay and Metcalf. It's sort of, it's sort of my thought. Uh, I don't know. Like I know the quarterbacks are bad, but Deontay and, and Metcalf are, are really good. So it's kind of tough. Uh, you know, it's again, you go quarterback, running back, quarterback, and you have that long wait on the wrap. Uh, your your wide receiver position is going to suffer. It's kind of the beauty of a fourteen team super flex. Nobody can have everything, uh, and we even tried to like alleviate that by dropping a tight end and adding a flex and trying to you know third wide receiver try and give people more options. Uh, and I still think every team ended up with with holes that they're trying to fill. Um, but yeah, I, I like I'm not going to sit here and say like oh well. DJ Moore and like is definitely not going to finish ahead of DK Metcalf. Of course, that's possible. T. Higgins could. I mean, all the guys you listed there uh, conceivably could. But uh, I just feel like you know Jake took the the most talented players, which is kind of what Jake does uh, at wide receiver. He just he just likes talent, and uh, you know that's that's usually not a bad strategy to just pick the most talented guys on the board and uh, kind of roll with it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. That's just my only thought, you know, mm-hmm. my only thought there on, uh, on I just kind of question. Obviously, at the time, he didn't know he was going to get Lockett, too. So it's really tough to, right. to you know, to, to pop him on that. But anyhow, all right, let's move on here to uh, to Isaiah's draft here. You, uh, you don't want to do favor pick? You don't have a favor pick for Jake? My fa- Oh, you want to do favor pick? Okay, we could do sure. uh, favor pick here. Hmm. You know, I'm going to have to go. I'm looking at everything here. And if, if we're going to talk about favorite pick just in terms of straight value, uh, I have to go with um, – I think he did really, really well on that 6-7 turn there with A.J. Dillon and mm-hmm. Ramondre Stevenson. I'm going to go with the Ramondre. Ramondre, I think. I think it's probably my favorite pick in terms of uh, Jake's draft. Yeah, I'd probably have to agree. Um, although I, I do think Lockett is in the eighth, regardless of quarterback, is – uh, pretty nice. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, I, I'd probably say Ramadre though. I like, I like Ramadre. He's a good player. Well, hopefully maybe we can get some disagreement on the, uh, on the next draft, the next team. <laughs> um, Isaiah, Isaiah with the second pick, um, coming into the draft. I had no idea what to expect, honestly. 
Um, my prediction was Mahomes. Probably the reason that I said that was because that's what that's what he he did last year. Um, and then he went ahead and took Jonathan Taylor. It's really hard to to bash anybody for taking Jonathan Taylor. Um, and I guess when I look at the rest of, of his draft here, uh, you know, there's a there's a few moments and a few things that kind of stand out uh, to me. Uh, first of all, I must say now I understand it's different, it's super flex, but it is strange to see Carr as a second round pick. I I'm not saying it's it's wrong. I'm not saying it's right. I I I would just say I understand it. And especially now, you know, he's got Devontae. They brought Josh McDaniels to Vegas. So there's some hype there with that offense. Um, so, but it's just, it just feels strange to me to see Carr in the second, in the second round, even the end of the second round. Um, I think that he got tremendous value in the third round there with Kelsey. Um, and uh, those are my initial thoughts. I guess I guess the the very last thing when I'm kind of just you know perusing over his his roster, I feel similarly to to his receiving situation as I do to Jake's. I mean, this his top three receivers are Darnell Mooney, Chris Olave, and Alan Lazard, right? I'm not saying I don't like all those guys. I'm just saying that that um, that just doesn't sound like like a, a, a very formidable receiving trio. Mm-hmm. So and then and then of course I do have to say and he and he and he wasn't excited about it, but somebody had to draft Danny Chump change, and unfortunately it was Isaiah. So <laughs> those are my thoughts. My initial thoughts just glancing over his roster what what do you think how the bot do is he going back uh, to the jamarcus or might might he uh <laughs> might he avoid it this year i don't know his receivers are going to try and drag him down there down there back uh back to it but uh i kind of disagree with you on the kelsey pick um i like kelsey obviously he's you know tied in one or two like that's that's really not up for debate um but he is 33 uh, there, there are some issues, uh, with him slowing down a little bit. Uh, but I, to me, I just question the value of, of drafting a tight end in the third. Um, especially when you kind of now look to it again, to his credit, it's not like he passed over somebody who would have, you know, dramatically helped his wide receiver, uh, position more. I mean, some guys would have helped for sure, but like, it's not like he passed up Justin Jefferson or anybody like that. He probably passed up Keenan Allen is my guess who would be next on his board. Um, so it's not like an egregious thing, but you look at, you kind of look at his, his wide receiver position. Um, I, I think I would probably rather have gone Keenan Allen there, uh, gotten a, a tight end a little bit later. Um, you know, the, the late flyer tight end game was kind of back uh, this, this time around. And when you just kind of look at like guys like Dalton Schultz in the eighth and Darren Waller in the fifth Hawkinson in the set, like, and obviously, you know, Isaiah doesn't know that when he's making the pick. So I'm not, I'm not trying to be too critical here, but I just feel like maybe that's a spot he should have gone receiver or maybe a, a little bit better running back. Uh, Cause if you go Taylor, you know, Nick Chubb uh, or Javante or, or Swift or 
Fournette or whoever, right? I, I think if you go there, then maybe you can spend that fourth round pick instead of on on a Brees Hall. Maybe you can get a DK or DJ Moore or somebody like somebody who has a shot to be a, a legit number one wide receiver for you. So we'll see how it goes. I like Mooney. I think he's a very good player. I just have questions about that offense. Um, Olave again, same thing. Very nice player. I I don't know how many targets are going to be there for him. And Lazard, I. Did Alan Lazard get significantly better well, this we'll, offseason? We'll just, we'll just say that Matt LaFleur yesterday, it was reported. He said what I think every year somebody has to come up with something else that is, that just tops the last guy for the most ridiculous thing that a coach ever said. The Packers are officially <laughs> going wide receiver by committee. What in the hell does Aren't that even all? mean? What the hell does that isn't even every, mean? Isn't every team going wide receiver by committee? Oh, that's rough, man. So, uh, no, but that's uh, rough. yeah, that's, yeah, you know, not going quarterback in round one was a bit of a risk too. And that's how you end up with Derek Carr and, and Daniel Jones. Um, again, Isaiah picks second. He has no way to predict how the run, how the, the quarterback run was going to be unprecedented. We've never seen a run on quarterbacks like this. Um, so it, it feels like as we're, we're getting more experience with this, we're definitely finding our groove as, as a league and, and quarterbacks were certainly the, you know, the number one desire for, for most of us. So, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, again, Isaiah picking second, it's kind of a tough spot. Uh, you're not really sure how, how everybody else is going to draft and you just kind of get stuck with Carr. Um, so yeah, I, I just, to me, Kelsey's kind of the, the weird pick there. I would have gone Chubb or, or, uh, maybe swift uh but like kelsey's a good player like it's not like he got a bad player it's just i kind of question the value of tight end in the third early third so okay so let me so let me just throw this at you real quick so so you don't so how do you feel though about you know all of those vacated targets in kansas city you don't think that that kind of bolsters kelsey a little bit that he maybe he'll rebound a little bit closer to what he was in in 2020 for example Maybe, but the like empty target thing is, is seems like a crutch to me. Like Kelsey got plenty of targets. It's not like, you know, they weren't feeding him the football. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, to me, I obviously not all of those targets are going to go to Kelsey as well. So I don't really buy target share as a, or vacated targets, I should say as like a reason to bump somebody up or down. Uh, so I, I don't know if that really makes a difference. It, it didn't to me, um, in this case. So I, I don't know if he's going to get, you know, what is, does he get 20 more targets over 17 weeks? Does he get a hundred more? I mean, I don't know. I doubt it's a hundred. I, I bet it's closer to 20. So we'll see how it works out for him. Uh, I just think old, honestly, I think Isaiah is going to end up trading Travis Kelsey at some point this year to kind of, uh, fix some of the cracks, mainly a wide receiver. Um, but we'll see. Like I said, Kelsey is 1300 yards and 10 touchdowns. I mean, that's basically a wide receiver one. So who cares who his wide receiver two is? Doesn't right. really matter. Have, does it? You have, you have far and away the most valuable tight end at that point. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I, I was, I think, Kel, I think Kelsey is, is basically, I mean, what, what if we're going to put odds on it? It's like, 95% chance that Kelsey is the top tight end, assuming health. Mm, and and here's the other thing like about Kelsey. But okay. Give, given the fact that Kelsey is a tight end, 
he's done a remarkable job of staying healthy throughout his career. That yes. that could end. That could end. I'm I'm not saying that it couldn't. Obviously, it, it gets harder time. and harder as you get older, right? Father right. Time but I'm undefeated. just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. You're right. The thing is, is like, so the the logic behind, oh, I'm going to trade Kelsey and upgrade at receiver. Okay, but but then but then what's your tight end going to be? What's your tight end situation look like at that point? And then at that point, yeah. it's like you you would almost rather have Kelsey, you know? Well, I mean, it's like, would you rather have Kelsey and? I don't know. Kelsey and like Zach Ertz or sorry, Kelsey and, and Lazard or like Zach Ertz and, and Justin Jefferson. You know what I mean? So it just, it just kind of one of those things that Isaiah will have to weigh. And, and, you know, again, he's got Jonathan Taylor, probably going to be the running back one. He's got Travis Kelsey, probably going to be the tight end one. It's to me, it's going to come down to the, the wide receivers and uh, the quarterbacks. Uh, and honestly, that's that's going to be kind of a, a common theme throughout this this little draft breakdown because I think right. a lot of teams either went quarterback quarterback, or they have quarterback issues that they're trying to trying to figure out right now. So um, we'll see how it goes for Isaiah. But uh, I I think overall, considering all the factors, uh, and without talking to Isaiah specifically about his team, uh, I think he did okay here. I, I I you know the Mitchell and Hall. We'll see if they can keep their jobs, but. Uh, you know, not, not bad values in the, in the four and five. All right. We will move on. And, and like you said, you're right. We are. Oh, we're, we're ugh, my bad. Sorry. We have to go favorite pick, favorite pick for Isaiah. Um, Danny dimes. <laughs> oh God. Definitely not Danny dimes. I'm going to say, um, <laughs> uh, Honestly, I think uh, Lazard. I'm going to go Lazard in the eighth round. You can't go wrong with Lazard in the eighth round. I, do I think that? Do I feel? Do I feel the same way about Lazard today as I did on draft day? Well, no, not after what, not after what Lafleur said, you know, yesterday. But, um, I mean, in all seriousness, who else is it going to be? What other options does Aaron Rodgers really have? You know, yeah. you got a couple of rookies. You got Lazard, who's been there for a minute. Um, you got Sammy Watkins, who's two breaths away from the grave. Um, you know, and then you've got uh, Cobb, who's who's in the same situation as Watkins. You know, so so honestly, who else is it going to be? Yeah, Lazard in the eighth round, you could do a hell of a lot worse than that. I like Lazard for for value. I like Lazard. Yeah, you could do worse. Um, yeah, for me, it's it's Elijah Mitchell. Not because I care about the player at all. It's just because it it totally messed with TJ, and it led to like TJ taking 15 minutes off the clock, which led to endless memes throughout the rest of the draft. So good job screwing TJ, uh, getting a pretty good player in the process, uh, but mostly just stirring the pot a little bit and, and uh, throwing somebody else off their game uh, by uh, by sniping them. <laughs> all right speaking of tj let's move on to his team here um and like you said you know we are going to be seeing uh recurring themes here with tj you look at his roster and what you see here that immediately just kind of jumps off at you is two things he's got uh some of maybe maybe the most maybe the most running back depth in the league definitely up there he definitely ranks up there 
um, with the top teams in the league at running back depth. Um, and, and the situation here is, is the receivers are kind of a question, right? Because the first receiver he drafted was Bateman. And, uh, and then the other options that he has here, he took, uh, he took four receivers in a row starting round nine. So he took MVS, who's in Kansas City now. He got uh, George Pickens, the rookie out there with Pittsburgh. Isaiah McKenzie, who now plays for Buffalo. Um, and um, and then Josh Palmer. Paul, yeah, Josh Palmer with the Chargers, their third receiver. So, so um, yeah, so he's got some options here. Geez, you know what I just realized? Uh, for a minute. Okay, anyways. Anyways, moving on. Um, sorry, I was confused there about McKenzie. For some reason, I thought that McKenzie played somewhere else last year. Um, and I guess I was wrong. But anyways, I know he had, a, I know he, uh, all things considered, he's a nice little player. He didn't get a ton of volume or anything, but, but he's going to get more volume this year, right? Because Beasley's gone. So anyways, um, the issue with TJ's team is obvious, right? Between those, between that group of receivers, you know, um, is one of them going to pop? Is he going to is he going to try to shuffle some of these backs that he has so that he can so he can bolster his receiving core or you know that's basically the situation here, you know. It's not I mean, it's not a bad team, you know. You've got some players here. It's just that you definitely have you definitely are scratching your head a little bit with with uh, with what's going on here at receiver. You're not feeling super confident. I mean, look, if if he's going to start if he's going to start the first three receivers that he drafted, you're looking at Bateman, MVS, and Pickens. That's um, that's probably not that's probably not going to to you know bring about much much confidence. So I think it's pretty clear here. I mean, you, the top of the draft, you know, with the the two quarterbacks, you know, so he took care of that. You're just fine there. Super stout with Herbert and Lance. You got you got a. Uh, then he went three backs in a row: Fournette, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, and Cam Akers. Um, and then he later added even more running back depth with Penny and Harris. Uh, but it's just the receivers, really. Receivers is the question mark here with TJ. Yeah, um, I think you can paint a scenario where without drastic moves, TJ ends up in the Jamarcus because what if Trey Lance sucks? What if Edward Solaire, like the hype on Pacheco is real and I, Edward Solaire takes the back seat? What if Cam Akers gets hurt again? What if Bateman doesn't take the next step? What if Penny gets hurt again? And you have to deal with, you know, Damian Harris and the Bellatrix all week long. Uh, what if, you know, the other wide, he doesn't, he didn't draft one of those wide receivers that really, you know, stepped up. So there's definitely a path here where TJ is, is, is hurting. Um, but that's a lot of what ifs that have to go wrong. Uh, so overall you look at his team, it's, it's plenty of running back depth. Of course, he's going to trade some of that for a wide receiver, um, or he'll package it up with, with Trey Lance and, and try to get, you know, Tom Brady or, or Joe or whoever it is. Right. He'll, 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 he'll find a way to, uh, you know, TJ loves to package for, uh, for impact. Uh, it's kind of what he likes to trade. That's how he likes to trade. So he'll probably do something like that. Uh, but yeah, go quarterback, quarterback and end up with that running back room. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, but you're right. Yeah. The wide receivers are the question here and how much value are those running backs going to carry, uh, when they all come with 
fairly significant question marks. Um, at least as we sit here right now on September 1st. Uh, so we'll see what he can do with it. Uh, I know he's, I know he's already working the phones. I believe TJ is probably the most active person on the, uh, on the trade market right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, there are some questions here, but overall I think it's a, it's a pretty good build. Um, honestly, I'm a little shocked. He went cam Akers over his boy, over his boy, DJ Moore. Um, I think that maybe there was an opportunity there to, to pick up your wide receiver, but Hey, you know, if TJ believes in cam Akers and, and to his credit, TJ got knocked off his spot, uh, when, when, uh, bot took, uh, Eli Mitchell there. So, you know, it's hard to blame, uh, blame TJ too much for that, but I, I do think that maybe if you go back, you might consider more cooks or, or Higgins, uh, over cam Akers just to kind of address that wide receiver room. But again, that's hindsight. So, right. You know, so, you know how much hindsight's worth. So, so looking at it now, and I totally agree with you. I a hundred percent agree with you. I think we, I think his team would pro- probably would be uh, a little bit stronger had he taken a receiver there instead of Acres. But so so looking at it now uh, and addressing his draft, what's your favorite favorite pick of TJ's here? Um, I think Penny's going to be pretty good this year. I think people are sleeping on him. I understand the injury history is the big thing, um, but I think Rashad is going to have a nice year. Uh, he's certainly not going to, you know, rush for 2000 yards and 20 touchdowns or whatever his pace was in the last six games of last year. But I think he's a pretty good value here. He's TJ's running back four. He got him in the seventh. And I think there's a very strong possibility you get, you know, a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns from a seventh round running back in a 14 team league. That's value that that's pretty hard to, uh, to beat. Uh, so I, I, I like the penny pick. I'm, I'm a believer in Rashad Penny. All right, and for me, I'm going to go ahead and roll with Bateman in a sixth round. Um, now that you don't have Hollywood in Baltimore, um, you know Bateman is going to step up as their top receiver. Let's see if he is um, able to step up with a full season after last year's season was sort of fractured by a, by a, a core muscle injury. Um, hopefully, he's fully back, and hopefully, he can he can stay healthy throughout the year, but he's kind of an interesting uh, play there in the second, second round or excuse me, the sixth round. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, moving on. And we have the rookie big Willie T. Um, and in his inaugural draft in the Hawks nest, um, let's take a look here. How do you think he did Colby? Uh, pretty good. Uh, actually, um, you know, Mahomes at the four, really not a surprise there. makes a ton of sense. Uh, Kamara is another one of those guys that I really like this year. Um, almost took him, uh, where I took Mixon. I, I, I'm buying a bounce back from Kamara a bit. Chubb in the third seems like a, a real steal. Um, I'm not sure why people are afraid of him. He felt like a, a surefire second rounder. Uh, it's early third, so it's not like he fell that far, but, uh, so yeah, you kind of look at that and, and the wide receiver core, despite waiting until, uh, you know, the fourth round to take his first one, Waddle, Moore, uh, Christian Kirk, Devonta Smith. That's, that's pretty good. There's a lot of upside there. Um, and even the quarterback too, you know, you got, you got Ryan Tannehill, who's like the most boring quarterback imaginable, but he's still pretty good bet to finish, you know, top 16 to 18 last year. He was 12. That's mostly due to 
the injuries that occurred at the quarterback position. You might remember some of the carnage uh, throughout the year at the quarterback position last year, but uh, no, he's a boring but safe number two. So I think he did pretty well here. Um, there's some some depth issues, but again, 14 team super flex league, everybody's got depth issues. So I actually think uh, I think he did pretty well, and uh, you know I don't think he's going to be the uh, the Gabe of this league uh, much longer. That's an office reference, Matt. I know you haven't seen the show. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that means, but yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> you guys I get agree. it. You guys get it. <laughs> I agree with you. I I do think that he he came out of the draft here uh, looking pretty good. Um, you know, I was shocked when I looked at Tannehill and saw that he finished the season twelfth because I drafted mm-hmm. him last year and I couldn't wait to trade him off my team because he just disappointed me so much. And yeah. then you look up the, the next year, and somehow he managed to finish twelfth. So, um, so you could do, yep. you could definitely I mean, do worse for your second quarterback, and especially when you yep. consider how long he was able to wait. You know. Yep. Um, I guess the one the one conversation I want to have real quick here about about uh, Waddle, right? So, so what are our thoughts on? Tyreek Hill going in the third round, Waddle going in the fourth round, and their quarterback is Tua. And can Tua really support both of those receivers to the point where it justifies their draft position? I think it's possible. And I I would say that, you know, if I had to pick one of them to support their draft position, it would probably be Waddle. I think his game fits a little better with what Tua does well. Um and, you know, Tyreek's kind of one-dimensional. So, I mean, we'll see what he can do. He's not an exquisite route runner or anything like that. He's, you know, you, you give him fly sweeps, you give him go balls, and or that's pretty much it. So, uh, Tua, not the strongest arm, not the best deep ball thrower either. So, that's not a good combo. Um, they'll be creative. They'll get Tyreek the ball. But Waddle, I think, just does enough. Uh, he's kind of a, full, uh, a, you know, a more complete package that uh, I feel like if I was going to pick one, like either Tyreek in the third or, or Waddle in the late fourth, uh, I'd, I'd probably rather bet on Waddle. But uh, yeah, that, that's a big question. So we'll see what, what those those two guys can do. But uh, that's part of the reason why I like the DJ Moore pick so much. There's just a lot of safety uh, in taking uh, a guy like DJ Moore and pairing him with a an upside play like uh, Jalen Waddle. Right. So, so in terms of favorite pick here for... For his draft, personally, I'm gonna go DJ Moore. Yeah, um, it's kind of hard to argue. DJ Moore is perhaps the most underrated, you know, player in in the NFL, at least wide receiver position, because uh, he doesn't score touchdowns. But I think we both know how uh, luck based touchdowns really are, so it feels like he's going to have one year where he puts up like nine and then he's going to be a first round pick the next year. So, uh, yeah, I like DJ Moore quite a bit. Um, I think getting Tannehill where he did, it's pretty nice. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to why I like that when we talk about my team, but, uh, yeah, I, I would say more Tannehill is, is uh pretty good bets. And also I think, I think Kirk can be uh sneaky good this year. So I agree. Sem- yeah. Seventh round. I, I like that, that five, six, seven, uh, stretch that he had there. I agree. Um, all right. Next up is Kevin Brennan. Um, 
I'll let you start this one off as well. How did how did Coach Brennan do? When it comes I know to he, doesn't, he doesn't like what? that. I don't think. Didn't he say? Didn't he say something last year about how he doesn't want to be called Coach? Well, I mean, I could call him Mr. Brennan, but he doesn't know who a Supreme Court justice is, so why would that matter? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, Can I think call him Kevin. I, it feels kind of weird. I'm just going to call him Brennan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I, I don't like he doesn't even remember me, so like I don't feel like I have the relationship with him to uh, to call him Kevin. That just feels weird. Um, but anyways, uh, I think he did pretty well here. You know, Burrow in the first, okay, that's fine. Uh, Adams and, and on the wrap, uh, well not the wrap, but on, in the second, that's, that's pretty good. Pretty good value there. Um, Javante is your running back one in the third, not too shabby, not too shabby. Grab Kittle in the fourth. Like, don't love it, but it's fine. Higgins in the fifth, like he did pretty well here. Um, some picks I'm not a huge fan of, but Hey, you know, somebody had to take them. So, uh, overall, I think, I think it's a pretty good build. It's a pretty balanced build. Uh, and so I, we'll see what happens at the running back two position. That's kind of my, my concern for him, uh, going forward. But overall, I, I like the build. I, I think it's pretty balanced and, uh, I think he's got a solid team. I was going to say, that's the most impressive thing here is that it is balanced, you know, and, and he was able to get, he, the fact that he was able to get Winston in the sixth round. So, you know, he's got Burrow and Winston, most of the people who are strong at quarterback, pretty much took two quarterbacks in the first two rounds or maybe the first yeah. three rounds, right? Brendan waited to the sixth and still made out, made it out fine. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree with you. You look at the team and it's, yeah, it's balanced. That's exactly right. Um, I don't really see the one thing I will say, although this is not even a, this is not even a very legitimate criticism because this applies to pretty much everybody, but um there's definitely a stark contrast here between the first half of his draft and the second half. I'm not, I'm just not really a huge fan of of the majority of what's going on the second half of, of this draft here, with a couple of exceptions. But um, yeah, I um, the top half is super stout. He's got a really solid foundation here. Um, now, insofar as as um, well, I guess I guess the one thing I will say is his third receiver is Sky Moore. So so unless unless he's going to go with Julio Jones, um, I mean I guess potentially that's sort of the the quote unquote hole you're looking at, um, and that'll be interesting to see what he decides to how how he decides to manage that there. Um, yeah, we'll see how but, the corpse of Julio Jones looks, but right, right. Yeah, um, I do like I, I do like the Van Jefferson pick. I feel like that's really good value in the fourteenth. Uh, so is that your favorite he, pick? Uh, I'd rather do a least favorite pick because it's rounds nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen. Um, three tight ends. What are you doing? Like after you drafted Kittle, you don't draft a backup tight end when you have Kittle. Come on, come on, rookie mistake. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I do like the Van Jefferson pick in the 14th. I feel like there's some value there. Um, kind of depends on when he gets back. Uh, but I, I do think that's, I think I like Van Jefferson. I think he's a good player. Well, um, and, and obviously as far, as far as a favorite pick is concerned, obviously I'm sort of obligated to say McKinnon. <laughs> I know it was, a, I know it was a 16th <laughs> round pick, but 
I was eyeballing him. I was eyeballing him a lot earlier than I'm that. sure you were. I'm sure you yeah. were. So, um, I guess if, if push comes to shove, I would say my favorite pick is uh, Gino. You know, I'm a big Gino Smith oh. fan. So, so. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, in all seriousness, uh, I like Higgins. Higgins in the in the fifth. That's that's pretty solid value there. So, um, and Javante in the third. Like I said, I really like the starting lineup until. Well, I like the draft until you get, you know. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Like the the mid to late was, there are a lot of picks that I look at and I'm like, mm, probably would have gone this guy over here. But, you know, Brennan took his shots and we'll see if he's right. Uh, so, and if he is, then, then good for him. Uh, that right. you, there's just a lot of like, Sky Moore over Robert Woods. Eh, you know, James Cook over over Damian Harris. Uh, I, I don't know. So they're just some, some picks like that where I'm like, I don't know about that. And then uh, three tight ends when you spend a fourth round pick on a tight end, I don't get it, but fair enough. We'll see. Fair enough. Um, all right. The next one. Now this draft is interesting because Garza was actually the last person to draft his first quarterback. And, mm-hmm. and the way that he saw it was, cause I was right there with him. The way that he saw it was, was, He's not going. He's not gonna. He's not going to sacrifice value, just because. Oh, I have to take a quarterback now, right? Like some, like some contrived sense of obligation is gonna ruin his draft. Now, I get what he's saying. If you see value on the board at other positions, then you'd rather go out there and get there. But what I told him was like, at the same token, the longer you wait, it's not gonna get any better, right? So, so that's yeah. the thing is you don't want to wait too long because next thing you know, you, you might sabotage the whole roster. It might not even matter how good the rest of the roster is when your quarterbacks are, are if they're, I mean, it, it could get that bad. Um, but I mean, you look at the, you look at the, the roster that he threw together here, you know, he took, he took Cooper cup and Stefan Diggs. I'm going to tell you right now. And, and in fairness, Three receivers this year makes this build more um, more legitimate. Whereas last year, this would have been a suicide mission. You know, he might as well have hopped onto a rocket ship to the sun uh, if you're going to draft two receivers in the first two rounds. But but this year, you know, Cup and then Diggs falls to him in the second, and then he he waits to the third. He picks up his first running back at Swift. Then he takes two more receivers. My yeah. God, wow. I'll tell you, I'm telling you, I don't have the balls to do this. I, if, if that's if that's what if that's what you want to call it, I couldn't do this. Uh, damn. Um, and, I mean, and, and, and here's the remarkable thing: he can start. He can start all four, though. That's the beauty of it, right? And the remarkable thing to me about his roster is he was the last one to draft a quarterback, and I don't think that his quarterback position, it or quarterback situation, is the worst in the in the league. I don't think that it is. You know, he got Matt Ryan in the sixth round, you know? Yeah. And, and do I love, am I crazy about Jacoby Brissett? No. And obviously, obviously, uh, as soon as Watson comes back, which is basically when the playoffs start, (laughs) but, but as soon as Watson comes back, all of a sudden, you know, Garza's left with one QB. And so that's, so that's really the situation here. But, but. Let's not count our eggs before they hatch, right? He's playing for for week one right now, so you can worry about that down the road, right? But but you're trying to win yep. week one 
today. So let's not worry about mm-hmm. what your roster potentially looks like week 13. That doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he's got some ammo to do it too. Like, right. If he needs to go get one. He's certainly got some ammo and you know, let's, I don't want to look too far ahead, but your wide receiver core is shit. So you're probably going to end up trading him Baker Mayfield for, for one of his wide receivers. Um, but uh, no, I, I think you're right. I think Garza for waiting as long as he did on quarterback. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan is, is safe and he's playing with an extremely talented offensive line and uh, <clears throat> some pretty good wide receivers. And, and, you know, to go running back or wide receiver, four of your first five picks, and still end up with like Swift and Jacobs as your two running backs and Michael Carter. That's pretty good. This is outrageously, outrageously ballsy draft, but he made it work. He pulled it off. Yeah. Way better Um, than I ever would have thought. Yeah. If if you had told me that somebody wasn't going to take their first quarterback until round six, I would have told you that that, that team was DOA. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not risky still. Yes. But is Garza just you know, like no shot? No, absolutely not. It's uh, especially like imagine imagine if I told you, Matt, I guarantee you somebody will not take a quarterback until round six and it'll be like middle of round six and they'll spend four of their first five picks on wide receivers. I'd say that's the toughest build to pull off. I think you would have said like we might have to find a replacement for this dude because that is right. ridiculous. Head it straight uh, to the Jamarcus. Book it. Right. But I don't right, feel exactly. that way about this. I don't no, feel that no. way about this roster. This roster, this roster is not the worst team in the league. Not even close. No, no, no. The the only like I said, you look at like what he's going to start on a week by week basis. The superflex is it. That's the only position where you're like, yeah, not good. You got a good tight end. You got good running backs. You got great wide receivers. You know his quarterback one is fine. Uh, he did very well. You know questions about the bench. Just like all fourteen teams, you're going to have questions about the bench, and you know. If Garza gets in a position where he, you know, he needs a quarterback, then I guess he'll cross that bridge when he comes to it. I mean, fingers crossed Matt Ryan doesn't get injured, but other than that, like Garza did a really nice job and it was, I think, a, I, think I think he deserves extra props because not only was he able to, to stay in the pocket, stay poised in the pocket, you know, when it was collapsing on him, but he did all of that intoxicated. <laughs> Uh, yeah, incredible um, truly hats off to garza yes the 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 low light of garza's weekend is when he was heckling me for no reason at the mariners game that was weird um <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was that old man scorned him for saying the for dropping the f-bomb one too many times but other than that uh garza had a good weekend so uh it uh like i said it's, it, i always i do love it when when a owner goes against the grain and like kind of like conventional wisdom says this, I don't care. I'm doing it this way. I, I do have, uh, you know, I do want to give a lot of respect to, to owners who try that type of thing. Uh, because like you, I have, I will never <laughs> attempt that. That just scares the crap out of me. So, uh, good for Garza. So favorite pick, favorite, favorite pick for Garza. Mine. I'm assuming, I think we're going to say the same thing. Mine is, uh, Jacobs in a seventh round. I, I think he was one of the, the biggest sli- uh, sliders in, in our draft. Yeah, really for no reason. I mean, yeah, he's boring, but he's, you know, 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns. I think like, people are worried about that's all of the murmurings coming out of Vegas with McDaniels going there about about them um, installing a, a running back by committee approach as opposed to 
in years yeah. past, Jacobs has been more of a feature back. Sure. That makes sense since Damian Harris wasn't fantasy relevant last year either. So um, <laughs> I'm just saying, I yeah, think I that's totally sort of the, that. I think that's the thinking, Yeah, but I don't necessarily, yeah. I think that, I think we're going to look back on, on that at the end of the year. And we're going to say that we should have, we should have just disregarded that. Yeah. He should have been I like think, a fifth round pick. I think people read into that way too much. Yeah. Uh, just to be, I do like that pick just to be a little bit different here. I'll go Michael Carter. Um, he's still a starter guys. Like I know Brees Hall is there and he'll be the guy you want to own, but like Brees Hall went in what the fourth round and Michael Carter went in the ninth. Mm-hmm. I like that pick. So, uh, good job Garza. All right. Next up is my team. Nobody wants <laughs> to hear me talk about my team and that's not new. Um, I guess all I'll say, <laughs> all I'll say is, is, I'm not going to go any into any particular players or or picks or anything like that. I'll just say that, you know, somehow some way every single year I find a way I find a way to raise the bar just that much more for myself. And then just when I think the bar is so so high that there's no possible way I could top it again the next year, I just find a way um, yeah, and that's and that's that's all I have to say about it. I, th- I feel like, honest to God, I feel like it's the best draft I've ever had. Um, <laughs> the so, annual tradition of Matt thinking he's raised the bar when the bar was already on the ground. So not, right. not so that hard to pull off. That's that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at on this draft. Um, <laughs> of course, you yeah, are. I feel good about it, man. I feel really good about it. And, and and also one thing I always do every single every single year, I get into that draft. And I'm so proud of myself because I find a way, I find a way to, to, you know, let the draft come to me sometimes as opposed to, you know, just going in with this rigid plan. I'll take value if it comes to me, right? And so was I planning on taking Zacher to the 10th round? No. But if you're going to give him to me in the 10th round, then, then I'll take him, right? Now, in fairness, full disclosure, uh, I was actually going to take Brian Robinson and then you snipe me. Um, and so then I took Ertz, but, um, it, you know, in retrospect, I think that Ertz should, should have been the play all along for me. So, so, so really, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with, 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 with everything, all things considered very happy with this draft. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything more about it. Um, do you have anything that you want to say about my draft? You can go ahead and, and uh and grill me on sure. it if you'd like sure um it's very unusual that you get your best quarterback in the second round after you spent your first round pick wow on quarterback. that's what this um, is going to be that's what this is going to be you're going to sit here and you're going to disrespect king kyler absolutely Dis- i am and why is that when the dude's getting you 15 points a week in the second half because he's been hit so many times that he can't run around anymore I mean, I, I guess you got Baker for that exact reason would be my guess. Second half Baker. Um, so you can try and like stem the tide of Kyler Murray sucking. Um, also pairing Marquise Brown with Kyler. Come on, dude. Fifth round Ooh. pick for Marquise Brown. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, absolutely your worst pick. Uh, Chase Edmonds is your running back too. What were you smoking? Like get out of here with that nonsense. Uh, but no, <laughs> in, in seriousness, um, I like the Robert Woods pick a lot. Um, 
I was thinking about snagging him and then you snipe me. So kind of traded some, some snipes there. Um, I like Robert Woods. You know that everybody in the league knows that. Uh, so I, I do like that pick Ertz in the Ertz in the 10th as your tight end is, is a great pick. Um, I was looking at Ertz too. just had some other issues I was trying to take care of. Uh, so, and then I really like the Thomas stash. I think, I think that might work out pretty nice for you. Uh, so no, overall, I think it's a good draft. Don't love Kyler. Love that you took him. Uh, don't love him. Not a Hollywood Brown guy. I don't trust him at all. I didn't want any part really of the Miami backfield. So I'm glad to stay out of that one, but Hey, if you guessed right, then good for you. See, and Edmund Edmonds is a good player. So, so, so let me, let me just say that I, I think that's really interesting that you say that about Hollywood. Um, because I was, I think about this stuff, even though, even though DFS isn't legal in Washington, I always think to myself, if I was playing DFS, what would my strategy be? And you want to do something that feels like it's a little bit, a little bit off the beaten path. Right. And honestly, I feel like what I would want all my, my, or not DFS, sorry, best ball. What I would want all my best ball builds to be built around is Murray and Hollywood. And, and and sure, is there a little bit of the of like the shower narrative going on there? Well, yeah, but but look at look at Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, you know. And you don't think that that Jamar Chase getting drafted by the Bengals last year in the first round had anything to do with Burrow uh, playing with Chase in college? And so you don't think that that Hollywood Brown getting traded during the draft this year to Arizona had anything to do with Kyler Murray? Of course it did, right? And um, I would just I look- reject the premise that Kyler is as good as Burrow and that Hollywood is as good as, as Jamar. But Well, okay. look, Hollywood, look, all I know is Kyler throws one of the best deep balls in the game, and, and Hollywood is one of the best deep ball receivers in the game. Matter of fact, if you want to criticize the guy, call him a one-trick pony – I'm not going to argue with you, but it just turns out it turns out that that's the only trick in fantasy football that really matters. And um, look, I was a little bit surprised too. But as soon as he got traded to Arizona, I was like, "All right, all right, I'm in on that. I'm in on that for sure." So notable now, scrubs. Now look, notable scrub. Michael Thomas was never good because he wasn't a good deep ball guy. Now I will say this: this so is all, all his that, other skills don't matter because he was bad at the th- deep ball. This is one thing that we could look back on at the end of the at the end of the year. There's one question I asked myself. Only one pick I questioned uh, the whole draft, and that was the Hollywood pick. But it's not because I don't like Hollywood. It's because after I made that pick and I thought about it a little while, I thought to myself, should I have taken Juju? That was the one thought I had. Should I have taken Juju, Juju instead of Juju instead was of the next Hollywood? man up, huh? Yes, and that's that's the one okay. thing that. That's the one thing that I'm going to look at at the end of the year to see if I was right. Should I have taken Juju instead of Hollywood? But but one way or another, I don't think that it's that's not going to that's not going to make or break my season. So, um Probably that's just not, the one but... that's just the one pick that I was kind of like, man, maybe I should have gone that other direction, but I just So anyways, I just can't believe your backup was Juju. <laughs> why? What's wrong with that? It just makes that? me laugh. No, nothing. It's just like, you know, I look at like Mike Williams is kind of that upside play that you like there. Um, I look at Allen Robinson, Amon Ross St. Brown. Like there there were guys that I all those guys I would much rather have than, than Hollywood, but Andrew's rather have that matter. Really? 
Yeah. Not in on Juju, huh? Uh, I don't hate Juju this year. I just, it's one of those things, right? Where it's like we talked about with, with Kelsey, like, well, the targets have to go somewhere and then everybody's assigning either all of them to Juju or all of them to Kelsey. It's like, that's just not typically how it works. So, um, also, I don't know, maybe I have some, some issues trusting Juju. I, I don't know, but, uh, no, I just like, I like Juju. I think he's a good player. I just, I, I would rather have all those guys I listed over Juju. So, I'd rather take the shot. So I gather, th- I gather that your favorite pick of mine was Robert Woods. Uh, Brady in the second is great. Uh, Aaron Jones is your first running back in the third is really solid. Uh, I would say, yeah, Robert Woods, uh, Woods or Ertz. Uh, or my, or my two favorite, just because I, I think you're going to, I think you're going to, uh, squeeze the most value out of those picks. I, I think you got two really solid starters in the ninth and 10th round that that's hard to come by. That's fair. I think that if I had to pick my best value, it was Godwin in the sixth. Yeah. Yep. That was a good pick too. I think that we're going to look back on the fact that Godwin went, fell to the sixth round and it's going to be similar to what we were saying about some of these earlier picks. Uh, we're going to say, how in the hell did we let right. that happen? Um, right. All right. Moving so, on to your, Oh, sorry. Go hold, ahead. Hold on. Hold on. We're, we're, we're about an hour in. So I know I don't want to like, it's going to be a two hour show. It always is. So good for you guys. Although I feel like we're picking up some momentum here that I just completely halted. Uh, I know you're big on Godwin. I am too. I think he went, I think he's a little underrated uh, this year. Um, Julio is there kind of to, you know, as a hedge in case Godwin's not ready in week one. But let me ask you this, because I feel like, you know, there's going to be a lot of Julio talk uh, throughout fantasy football this year. Does Julio finish as a top 50 wide receiver in fantasy this year? Look, man. Sounds like I a no. Just, <laughs> he can. But the question he can. is. Sure, he can. He can. But the question is, is can he stay healthy? And that's not something that I'm going to bet on. I'm going to say if he stays healthy, then I won't be surprised. And where he's going in drafts, he's definitely worth a stab. There's no question sure. about it because yeah. because he could definitely pay off, you know. Um, but uh, I, if I had to to bank on it one way or another, you want me to bet on his health? Uh, probably not. Probably not going to do that. But um, if but if he was top fifty, I mean that's not asking too much. No. That's, I, I think that's, you're, you're really just you're just really you're just banking on you have to bank on his health for that and and that's not something that I'm eager to do. That's all that I'm saying. Right. It just it's one of those like, do you think Julio is essentially a? I mean, a, in in this type of format that we play in, top fifty wide receiver is almost certainly going to start every week. But the good, but have, the good news the good news is 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 you don't have to you're not really paying for Julio. Right? No, like no, no, he's no, ba- no, no. He's going no, free I'm in just, drafts pretty much. So I think he's a great draft pick. I'm just saying right, that I, he, there's a good chance that right. he doesn't finish the year. Mm-hmm. On Saturday, I have my my podcast league for uh, Control the Zone, our Patreon league. Um, I have the 11th pick out of a 12-team Superflex. Uh, Julio's on my radar. I was gonna stick him on the bench, and uh, and you know maybe I get lucky. So uh, to me, I I think Julio like I'm, I'm not saying that Julio shouldn't be drafted. I'm just in here like is it really easy to paint the picture where Julio is not like rostered by like week seven? But but that's, but like I said, the thing for me is, is that's purely a proposition that's predicated on health because 
Now, I guess you could guess make about the, that sometimes, though. I think you could make the argument, perhaps, that, you know, oh, what if Brady falls off, right? That could be an issue, too. But look, we've been saying that forever. And at this stage that. of the game, <laughs> at this stage of the game, I give him the benefit of the doubt until he proves me wrong. So you think so? You think he's earned it? <laughs> yeah, I think maybe he has at this point. Yeah, I, th- so, I think maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm just but. saying that for Julio, uh, late round picks. Um, yeah, I would say definitely take a stab. Think about it. No Gronk, no Antonio Brown. Uh, so you, I mean, yes, you still have, uh, you still have Evans and Godwin as always. Um, and then they did bring in Russell Gage, mm-hmm. but. Um, I think Julio could see enough work to 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 be a contributor mm-hmm. in fantasy. He just uh, needs you know to stay healthy. About Julio Rodriguez, right? <laughs> he just Julio Jones just <laughs> the needs best to stay athlete healthy. on the planet. Oh god! No, yeah, I I think he's I think he's in. Like, we're not doing this in this podcast, but like, if we had done like a le- a list of like league winners, I don't know if Julio was like going to be in the top five of mine, but I'd say he's probably top ten, like back half of the top ten. Because he certainly carries that upside. I just, I'm with you, man. I'm just like, ugh. You know, <laughs> like, you know, Godwin the in the with Julio, You know, Julio, it's going to be week five and he's going to pop up on the injury report with a hamstring and that's all she wrote. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, he's, he's Todd Gurley 2.0. So there you go. Um, the yes. Godwin talk just got me thinking about, about Julio's upside. So <laughs> thought I'd throw that in there. Moving on. All right, moving on to your team. So, all right. Um, I gather based off of your reaction in the draft that you weren't really sure one way or another what you were going to do at eight, but when you saw those quarterbacks come off the board, you weren't going to get out of the first round without a quarterback. You take Lamar. It's hard to argue with that. (laughs) It's really hard to argue with that. Hard to argue with Lamar. Um, Come around in the second round. Uh, you know, some, some running backs start coming off. You get your RB1 and Mixon. So really, you're kind of mixing it up a little bit here because you go Jackson, Mixon, Lamb. So you're getting you're getting all great players. Then I knew that you were a little bit uh, a little bit apprehensive to pull the trigger on on T Law. Um, so definitely betting on a rebound there with uh, with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Now that his head coach is Doug Peterson. Instead of Urban Meyer, maybe he can maybe he could turn this ship around. Um, and then you showed me your article where your flag, your number one flag player was Michael Thomas. So you went ahead and, and landed him in the fifth round. Um, and fast forward to your RB two, you, you landed Kareem Hunt in the seventh, which is obviously a great value. Then everybody's favorite pick, apparently. Because everyone was so loud yeah. about it, Brandon Ayuk <laughs> in the eighth round. Um, also on my flag list. Okay, yeah. So obviously we haven't seen the whole. Li- Are you going to post the list on the chat or? Uh, I posted the link. It's it's on the chat. Uh, a couple guys uh, commented on it, but uh, it, it was on the chat. I can repost it. Oh, cool. Um, okay, maybe I'll, you I'll could see uh, pin it or something. I don't know, but yeah, I'll pin. Yeah, that. I also um, predicted anyway. that I would draft Ayuk. So yeah, he was he was on that that twice, but yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. So anyways, all things considered here, um, you know, uh, you have, man, things were looking really good for you at running back until the Brian Robinson situation, because, you know, (laughs) right after we have our draft, the day after, and then news breaks, 
boom, just what everybody was coping for. Robinson takes the job from Gibson, right? And then lo and behold, the most crazy bullshit ever happens. And now the guy's going to – it looks like he might be ready week five. Um, But, man, that would have been a huge boost for you. Obviously, fantasy is not as important as this guy's life. Fortunately, he is recovering well by all, all, indica- all indications are. Um, yeah. And, um, and so that's great. Um, and like I said, I was, that's a guy that I was targeting too. So, um, but in any case, you also have Kenneth Walker. So if he can get healthy, um, then that could be another, another contributor there for you at running back. But all things considered, uh, I think the only real question that I have is is probably the same one that you have which is trevor lawrence right and that could really go it's going to go that's going to go one of two ways you know it's either going to be it's either going (laughs) to be great or it's going to be terrible you know yeah uh if if it is what it is last year then then you're and you're going to know that probably pretty early on (laughs) you're probably (laughs) i imagine so yeah you're gonna have a pretty good idea at that point it's like all right well we got to we got to make some moves, you know, um, but but maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe he maybe he comes out and he looks like he's taken a step, and 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 as bad as he was last year, that's not hard to do. Um, the dude threw twelve touchdowns in seventeen games, you know. Um, <laughs> so so you know, it's not going to be difficult for him to take a step forward. But he but for for Trevor Lawrence, the sky's the limit, and I think he has the perfect coach to to take that step. Um, that would be my one question here, really. Now I'm sure there's people out there who would say, yeah. well, also they'd say, well, also what about Michael Thomas, right? And his health situation and so on and so forth. And so fair enough. I suppose that might be a question as well, but for you, I don't really know that that matters a, a whole lot necessarily because, um, even if he misses a few games or whatever, like you do have Ayuk that you could, you plug in. Um, so, um, yep. Yeah, I mean, I think um, my main question here is really just just Trevor Lawrence. Now, as far as as far as my favorite pick, um, you know, I know that everybody else is going to say Ayuk. Um, my favorite is Robinson. Um, and if I had yeah. to pick a, if I had to pick a, and let me be clear, let me be clear. People are going to say, "Oh, but Maddie G, you're just saying that with the benefit of hindsight because you know that." That that report came out and and Robinson got the job and blah blah. No 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 no. See, here's the deal. I did one mock draft the week of the draft. I have screenshots on my phone, and I had Robinson on my team. So I'm not just saying that. I believe I, Robinson was one of the guys I was targeting. Um, yeah. But uh, but uh, if I had to pick somebody else, uh, I would say Hunt. I like those two picks. Hunt in the seventh yeah. and and Robinson in the tenth. I think were my two favorites so the floor is yours now yeah anything you want to share about your draft uh sure i also don't love the trevor lawrence pick uh and with the benefit of hindsight i would have just waited until the sixth uh and taken ryan winston or Tannehill. but at that point i wanted some upside uh out of my qb2 uh because i figured you know if it's going to be bad and not that any of those guys are bad but you know what i mean like i'm not going to get like a you know a a pretty like I, I didn't get uh cousins or car like a pretty safe player so it's like i might as well shoot for upside there uh, but again i probably would have just simply waited for uh till the sixth 
and and taking Matt Ryan with hindsight, right? And in the fourth, maybe I could have grabbed um, another wide receiver, like another wide receiver. Like I like DJ Moore quite a bit this year. Um, maybe I could have grabbed Brandon Cooks, who I like quite a bit this year. So uh, yeah, hindsight again, twenty twenty. So that's unfortunate, but I felt like I had to had to make that pick. Um, I'll say this: uh, part of the reason why I was okay with, with drafting Michael Thomas. Uh, and the fifth is that, uh, more or less, I don't need him to be good right away. Uh, simply, or at least that was my thought process at the draft because I felt like, uh, you know, I had lamb already in my back pocket. Uh, I liked the wide receivers that were still on the board when I took Thomas. So I was like, you know, there's a good chance Mike Williams or Allen Robinson or St. Brown or Godwin get back to me. Uh, so Thomas is more or less going to be my third. And then I was quite happy to snag Ayuk. Uh, and then my thought process was I will like my three wide receivers and Thomas can be my four because I was getting Brian Robinson in just about every mock draft that I did. I was in on Brian Robinson from, you know, draft day, like the actual NFL draft. Uh, I, I like that spot for him. I feel like there was at least going to be some touchdown opportunities. And I was like, you know what? Robinson is probably going to end up being a, a running back too. That was my thought process. Um, I also liked, uh, Algier. Uh, I feel like he's going to get goal line work. I feel like he's got a good shot to, to supplement Cordero Patterson, who's kind of a one hit wonder right now. So I, I was getting a lot of those guys in my mocks, never really got Ken Walker, which was interesting. Um, but I was like, you know what? I think those guys are going to be like viable flex guys right away. So part of the reason I was okay with taking Thomas where I was with the obvious risk that is associated with Michael Thomas is because I was like, I think I'm going to get two starting running backs pretty late in this draft or, or like starting fantasy running backs, not, you know, like top, top 36 guys. I think I feel like I'm going to get, I feel pretty good about that. And then Robinson goes and is a victim of gun of gun violence. Um, thank goodness he's going to be fine. But then again, I'm without a flex for the next five weeks. So like, who's the real victim? That's all I got to say. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I must say, I shared this story with my sister the other day about how all of this was shared so nonchalantly by Woods on our chat. And yeah. when I was and when I was telling her the story of of not only how nonchalantly he shared that he broke the news, but then also your reaction, I laughed so hard that I cried. I was literally crying <laughs> thinking about this story and retelling it. It's one of my favorite stories. For, for fantasy football. I know it's, it's awful. It's really dark. It's really dark and, it, and it it's is. terrible. It is. But but I think the reason that I think I, it's so funny is because it's because it's not funny. Right. I mean, here I am thinking like my Gus Edwards pick from last year was like th- as bad as it gets. Draft mm-hmm. a running back, gets announced a starter pretty much the next day. A lot of people interested. I'm like, yeah, I made a good pick. Torn ACL the next practice. I was like, well, what are the odds that that happens again? Apparently zero because Robinson didn't tear his ACL. Oh no, he got shot. Right. So. That's that's what I think is so funny is that the very last thing that you ever expect to hear about your running back is that he got shot. Yeah, like I said not not a huge fan. So uh, Robinson's absence has actually left me scrambling a little bit. Uh, you might notice I've been pretty active on the waiver wire uh, early. Um, that's simply a reaction of trying to plug holes that you know, not knowing I won't have Robinson for at least the first four weeks. Uh, I was, I was banking quite a bit on him. So maybe a mistake on my part, but you know, how am I supposed to guess that he would get shot? Not so, a mistake. No, you can't, you, yeah, can't, um, you can't forecast that. 
Right. And, and then I, I guess I'll just, you know, I like, I waited really long on tight end and I like the one I got. Um, I think he's a talented dude. Uh, and then I would say that uh, part of the reason I drafted Desmond Ritter is a, I like him and, and you probably remember me talking about him quite a bit uh, pre-draft uh, in regards to the Seahawks. Uh, and B, I think he's going to start eventually. And I just might need that extra guy in case Trevor Lawrence is a disaster. So, um, yeah, there's there's a there's a thought process behind every pick. Um, with the exception of my 15th rounder, I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> I'll so, take him. So, just just for my, just for just humor me here, mm-hmm. knowing what you know now, with the, with the benefit of hindsight, it's the it's the eight seven. Okay, Brandon Ayuk is on the board. Do you take yeah. Brandon Ayuk or do you take Baker Mayfield? Ayuk still. Oh come on! <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think Mayfield is is going to be significantly better than Lawrence. Like I don't trust Lawrence at all. But I think that like the difference between Lawrence and Mayfield is going to be like a point point and a half per game, which isn't nothing. But like Ayuk was a guy I targeted pretty on, pretty early on. It was a guy that I wanted. Um, so. Yeah, I, I, I was still going to take Ayuk. Um, I say Baker Mayfield finishes higher in points <laughs> this year than Trevor Lawrence. Oh, God. Uh, fine, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, I say Trevor Lawrence finishes with more fantasy points than Baker Mayfield. Put it on, Put it on the board. board. There you go. There we go. Don't Man, feel great that's... about that one, but there you go. I feel I like, like I was kind of feel like I was kind of roofied into taking that one, but okay. If you're gonna uh, if you're gonna give me the low hanging fruit, then I'm gonna take it all day long. <laughs> all Doug right, Peterson, buddy, Federal Way's Doug Peterson. I'm counting on you, buddy. <laughs> Do your magic. All right, the next draft is similar to to Garza's in some respects. The yeah. main difference here, and maybe you see it the same way as me. So Max was the guy who waited second longest to take his first quarterback. He took Justin Fields, and I think he loves his team, and 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 as anybody should coming out of the draft, you know. And he's strong at the running back and receiver spots, um, but I I do wonder if this might be the one roster in the league that has the most question marks at the quarterback position, and I do wonder as well if if it might be a situation where as good as the rest of the roster is, the QBs just weigh him down so much that it doesn't matter. And 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 Justin Fields, don't get me wrong, obviously everyone knows last year he was my ride or die. Killed me really early, and then he drugged me for the rest of the season. Um, really rude. <laughs> but um, look, this is my opinion. Jerk. This is my opinion. If I'm wrong, I'll eat crow gladly. Uh, Zach Wilson can't play. Sorry. He's, he ain't it. I, I, I said that from day number one before they even picked him. Then he went out there this last year and he produced nine touchdowns and 11 picks in, in 13 games, nine touchdowns and 11 picks in 13 games, 2,300 yards passing. The kid can't play. Sorry. He can't play. Pretty obvious, if you ask me. Uh, really, they should ride with they should ride with Flacco or Mike White and cut their losses. And that's my honest to god opinion. 
Um, but so, so realistically, it's tough for me to, I mean, I guess there's upside here because when does Pickett get the ball? When does Pickett get the ball in, in Pittsburgh? Because because maybe Pickett can play. Surely, surely Pickett can play more so than Zach Wilson. So so if Fields can hit this year, you get him away from Matt Nagy and put him in a different offense. He's not a rookie anymore. And maybe if Fields can hit, and then then you know the quarterbacks won't necessarily you know, tank Max's team. But I just, I do, I must admit, I should, I should have kept it to myself. Really, I should have, should have kept it. I like to keep the the cards close to the chest. You know, I should have kept it to myself. But man, you know, it's going to be tough sledding for, for my boy, Amelie, going from Danny Chump Change to Zach Wilson. Because you, you might have downgraded. <laughs> Honestly, you might have downgraded. Um, Rough man. I mean, I look. I love. I love the the top of the roster for the most part. Um, yeah. I will. I mean, look. I think that if you expect Tyreek to be what he was in Miami, uh, then you're gonna you're gonna have a bad time. And and if and we'll see if James Conner can stay healthy. But I can guarantee yeah. you. I touchdown. can guarantee you. He's not scoring 15 times this no, year. No touchdown regression is is gonna hit that pretty hard. Um, it feels weird to me that Max went with fields and then Wilson. Like it's like, I, I get like you want upside in one of the spots, particularly if you wait this long, but don't you want that upside in the QB two spot? So like, why not take Ryan or Winston or Tannehill as your QB one? And then you could still go Wilson or Pickett. Um, or I guess if you want upside with fields, why didn't you go golf with your quarterback too? Yeah. You know what? You know what I mean? Instead of Pickett, like with that pick, so or Davis Mills even. So I, no, I don't. If, if he takes Goff instead of Pickett, I think he's he's kind of in a he's definitely in a better spot. Um, sure, but he may maybe maybe Max doesn't like Goff. Maybe he maybe he's more like like Cam, and he he sees him as Jared Goof. You know, <laughs> maybe. Um, I guess the one thing I'll say about Max is at least he got Kadarius Tony this year. Um, after proudly proclaiming him to be his boy and then not drafting him last year. No, that was Garza. Uh, oh, Garza. You're right. You're right. You're right. My bad. My apologies, yeah. Max. Uh, top half of the draft. Uh, like you said, the first three picks, I that's great. Um, you know, I, 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 I can't fault him for taking Jefferson over Brady. Um, I do wonder if he had taken Brady over Jefferson, how we might be looking at this team. Um, but I, I can't fault him for that. That's That's great value there. And then, I don't, I'm not a big Connor fan, but I think he'll be okay. Uh, I'm not a big Juju fan, but I think he'll be okay. Uh, Pierce is is a guy I was thinking about taking when I took Hunt. And then I was like, hmm, maybe Pierce will get to me on the wrap. Unfortunately not, because Max listened to a 15-minute podcast on the way to the draft Saturday morning, and that's where he learned that of Damian Pierce's existence. So uh, unfortunate there. Uh, but yeah, I it's it's became pretty clear max listened to a 15 minute podcast because you look at the back half of his draft again he took a guy who has cancer oh is out for the year with cancer and then he put he then he took hayden hurst and hey, at, least, Cobb. at least at least mechie was his last pick you know you can throw away a pick that's in the true last round. that's true um that's true so fa- like, favorite pick favorite pick for max uh by the way odell Beckham probably out until the playoffs <laughs> 11th round. Um, 
Favorite pick, uh, man, that Jefferson pick, dude, is is like such insane value. Uh, right, where he got him. It's hard not to say Jefferson just because the valuation on that it, it's so good. Uh, I so. think I think he was definitely, and it's crazy too because it's it's only a second round slide, but that's just because right. it's because of who we're talking about, right? Jefferson should should have gone earlier. He, that that was yeah. a really nice value for sure. Um, but my favorite value pick here is Juju in the fifth. Yeah, I, I know you're a Juju guy. Uh, Pierce in the seventh, even if it was accidental, nice pick too. <laughs> All right, moving on to to Brian, the I accidental text, league winner. I did text him the other day, and I uh-huh. don't think he ever. I don't think he ever got back to me. And I shocker. Said, I said, I said, did it feel? Did it feel good to draft Jalen Hurts in the first round, or did it at least feel a little bit bad? He didn't get back to me, so so I don't I don't know the answer to Did that question. Did you feel dirty? <laughs> but he he didn't say anything, so I I don't know. But um, you know, look, you could never you could never count Brian out, regardless. Say whatever you want about Jalen Hurts, and Lord Lord knows I will. Um, but he he's he's good for fantasy. Do I think that he should be uh, first round pick? Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't think so. I wouldn't want to take him. But look, for fantasy, last year, he missed a couple games, and he still finished as the ninth quarterback. So um, I like I liked Dalvin Cook in the second round a lot. I think it was mm-hmm. a really, really nice pick. Um, the bummer here for him is, uh, obviously, he had to wait. He waited to the ninth round and took Goff. And that would not have been the case had he realized – that it wasn't too tight end this year. And so he took Waller in the fifth, and then he followed that up with Hawkinson in the seventh. I don't think he takes Hawkinson in the seventh if he realizes it's single tight end. Um, I think he takes a quarterback. Now, at that point, Mariota, Wentz, Wilson, Mayfield, Danny Dimes, I mean, not, not a lot of amazing players per se, but he is an Oregon fan just like his brother. Maybe he goes Mariota. Maybe he takes, maybe he takes Wentz. Right. Or I don't I don't think he'd take Mayfield, but maybe he'd take Mayfield. I don't know. Uh, he probably doesn't take Zach Wilson, though. Um, but uh, yeah, I th- it's, it, it would be interesting to see how things would have shaked out for him. I always feel kind of bummed when somebody, uh, you know, makes a pick that they wouldn't have made had they know the rules. But but again, like respectfully like it's everyone's responsibility to know the rules so i suppose you can't feel that bad for him um and also it's not like he ended up with nothing he got jared goff right so he got jared goff a lot later so who knows maybe i'm dead ass wrong maybe he would have taken hawkinson um but i just look at this team and um it's solid yeah it's solid i mean and look the thing with brian i'm done questioning brian i'm done questioning him (laughs) you could you could never count him out you look at sure. league history, he scored more points than anybody over the course of the last three years combined. Um, this guy is a gamer. This guy is a damn good fantasy football player. Um, I'm glad he's still playing uh, playing with us. And um, and I hope that he continues to, even though he's MIA a lot of the time. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out for him. You know? Damn kids. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the question for me, like Hertz over Russell, Dak, Stafford and Rogers. Like I get it, but also 
<laughs> you gotta take you gotta take Russ. I mean, even you would admit that. Uh, truth be told, if you had taken Lamar at seven, I would have thought long and hard about Russ and Kyler at eight. <laughs> like that's how low you, I am on Kyler. If you would have taken Russ, I would have laughed my ass off. I, everybody would have. So I, I was grateful. Uh, I also did consider <laughs> Dak in that spot, but th- and that's not about. Uh, we're not talking about me. Uh, Dalvin in the second is a great value. Uh, yes, I know yes, Dalvin's gonna gonna miss two or three games every year. Who cares? Like, like draft Madison or whatever. I do what you have to do. That guy's really good. I was sitting there and I was like, if Dalvin gets to me and I can go Lamar Dalvin, because Dalvin was also in consideration at eight uh, before the draft. Once I saw how the quarterbacks were going, I was like, eh, probably need to take a quarterback. But Dalvin is is damn good. Uh, we'll see how Debo, you know, how they use him this year. That's kind of a question. Same with Zeke, really. How many? How much work does he get? Um, you know, Cooper with Brissett, there's questions there, obviously. Can Moore take the next step? Uh, so there are questions here, but overall, it's it's a pretty good build, I would say. Um, took some shots, finally got Mecole Hardman on his team. Um, after years of everybody trying to trade him, Mecole Hardman. There he is. Uh, but I would say this is a pretty balanced build. And honestly, if, if you know, if you're not taking your, your, your QB2 until the ninth and you still get Jared Goff, not bad, not bad. Especially, you know, Again, don't love Hurts, but he does have a pretty high floor for fantasy, it feels like. So favorite picks here for for Brian. Um, and for me personally, uh, I kind of like two picks. The one that I'm going to say is super – I'll say the second one, the one that I really like. That's my. That's the one that I would submit if I had to submit one. I, have to, I do have to say Debo in the third I think is nice. Um, I think that what you're kind of alluding to with like, well, we'll see with Trey Lance – that's fair, but man, Debo last year was so fun. Well, and the and the, and the way and that how they many, used, yeah. How many rushing attempts is he going to get? That's a fair question. question. I think that they're going to utilize him in a similar fashion because they were finally able to work out the contract situation there. Yeah, um, there's some there's some pretty sizable bonuses if Debo's used as a running back, though. So we'll see. We'll see. Like I think he had six he, rushing touchdowns last year. Like, last, does that feel I'll, repeatable I'll, to you? Ah. Uh, I mean that's a fair question. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I just know that last year he was one of the most fun players in the league to even watch, and that's saying a lot yeah. from me mm-hmm. because I hate the Niners. Uh, but yeah. Debo can play, man. Debo's awesome. Yep. Um, but my favorite in terms of straight value uh, is actually go ahead, laugh, laugh away, guys. Uh, Jared Goff. Zeke. Goff oh, in the okay, ninth. Nice. Goff in the ninth round is a, is an awesome is an awesome value. Yeah, again, for waiting as long as he did for his QB2, that, that's really good. So Right, and for as bad as everybody thinks that Jared Goff is, look, don't be surprised if if he's better than he was last year. I expect it. Last year he finished 24th quarterback. Yeah. I bet you he finishes higher than that this year. I would agree. I would also say that Goff is probably my favorite pick, although mad respect to, to getting Dalvin in the second. That's more luck-based than anything else, but it's it's still a very good pick. All right. So the next one might be <laughs> might be the draft. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. No, we all know what's about to go down. I mean, look, I don't know that I've I don't I don't know that there's been a, a more entertaining reaction to a pick in league history than when Mitchell pulled the trigger on Tua in the third round. Um, 
just ask just ask TJ about it about about my reaction you know <laughs> uh, if if you missed it because it was it was a uh, we could have turned that shit into a gif for sure. Um, let's take a look here at the roster and what we see here is hmm how do we put this how do yeah. how do we put I mean what do we see what do we see Colby. Um, I see a, uh, fairly mediocre quarterback room. I see a fairly mediocre wide receiver group. And I see a fourth round tight end, uh, followed by a 10th round tight end, which, hmm, okay. Uh, I, and I don't see tremendous running back depth. So I see a roster with some holes. Um, I also see one with Derrick Henry and Jamar Chase. So, you know, that's that's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, the rest of the roster, I'll leave that to you. Um, I don't I don't get pits in the fourth. I, I just I just I'm not gonna like any of the tight end picks early. Um it just in a one tight end league, I, I don't think there's any tight end I would take before the fifth, uh, or sixth. So um and I especially don't get doubling up after you've already taken one in the fourth, I have to ask if, if Mitchell knew the rules. Um, cause I just like, like, I'm sure Mitchell will come back. Like, why well, I'm going to trade one of them. And it's like, what are you going to get for Dallas Goddard? Like who needs a tight end that badly that they're going to help you fix your wide receivers or your running backs or your quarterback. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Um, I like Tua, uh, in, in, you know, real life. And I think he does have, uh, fantasy upside. So I don't think that's an egregious pick, but it just felt to me like, Hey, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to go quarterback, uh, you know, you're going to wait on quarterback, like commit like Garza did. So, uh, yeah, just kind of a, it feels like kind of an incomplete roster where just like the build is just kind of wonky. Um, certainly some upside on this roster and, and certainly some, some avenues for Mitchell to, uh, to, you know, perform very well this year. I just, you know, I, I question, the build, uh, particularly taking Pittman, um, or Pitt, sorry, uh, in the fourth, um, uh, and Dobbins in the fifth. We'll see. I mean, it sounds like Dobbins really isn't all that close. He was limping through his, his workouts today and, uh, you know, that's, that's risky, but, uh, well, so, so in fairness to Dobbins, he did get on Twitter. He responded to that, that video. And he said, he said, what? Do I have to walk like a robot? And he's he's been he's been going at these reporters all offseason long. Everything that they say about him and his recovery, his health status, and he's at every turn he's saying that they're wrong. But 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 all we're hearing is is that he's not ready to go week one. And the Ravens won't agree with Dobbins, at least not yet. And do you think reporters are just making that up or do you think they're, they're talking to doctors and, and sources? Look, but all I know is Dobbins likes to clap back. He does. And much like Mitchell's clapbacks, they're faceless and, and uninteresting. So I, I don't really know. I guess it's a good fit. <laughs> so look, look, I'll tell you what we see. Okay. You look all at right. this Break roster, it down for me, Matt. You look at this roster and what you see, this is what happens when the training wheels come off, <laughs> plain and simple, right? I'll t- let me tell you a true story, okay? 
once upon a time, you know, young Matthew was like, you know, four years old. And my mom comes in my room. She wakes me up. She says, guess what we're doing today? And I said, what? And she said, we're taking the training wheels off. And I was, and I cried. I was so scared that I cried because my grandma's driveway was a hill and they were going to take the training wheels off. They were going to push me down the hill. Right. (laughs) And, and unlike Mitchell, when they pushed me down the hill, I surprised myself. Right. And I, and I stayed upright and I made it down the hill and I realized I built confidence. I realized I could ride this bike. I don't need the training wheels. Right. But Mitchell fell off the bike. He didn't have his helmet on. He didn't have his knee pads. And he rolled all the way to the bottom. Just a bloody mess, you know? And so, unfortunately, you know, this is what you get, you know? When the hand-holding stops, this is what you get. Best of luck to you, Mitchell. (laughs) So, uh, did you have a favorite pick or was it just all garbage? It's a tough, it's a tough call, man. It's a tough, I think my favorite, honestly, if I had to say my favorite pick, it was probably Tua, because I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. <laughs> so you're not a Tua guy at all then. Um, I guess, let me ask you this then, because uh, I don't want Mitchell to feel like he got shortchanged in the discussion. You had to bet right now, right? You had to bet $100 on somebody winning the Jamarcus. Are you betting on Mitchell? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Uh, you know, based off of the rosters that I see here, if I had to put, if I had to place a bet on somebody to go to the Jamarcus, he probably, he probably, he probably has the best odds, doesn't he? <laughs> he probably, he probably has the best odds, doesn't he? I, I mean, I, Henry and Chase is is really good, and like, eesh. yeah, but two players does not make a team. No, and I have questions about Gabe Davis and Garrett Wilson. I like Renfro, but like Renfro is your wide receiver too. I I just, look, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. I just have questions about whether or not this is salvageable. Like, you mean like if Tua's bad or whatever, like who's he going to try to get? I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying there's not players on here. I'm saying that. The, the sad truth of the matter is, is that in order for you to improve this situation, you need to give something to get something. And I'm just worried you're, you're in the lion's den. You know what I'm saying? You're playing yeah. with the wolves, you know? And so these guys, when they see you and you're and you're down and you're, you're, you're vulnerable and you're, and you're weak and you're desperate, then they're going to take you for all your worth. I mean, <clears throat> hell, Max makes his entire dating life about taking advantage of the desperate. So like, of course <laughs> he can take advantage of the trades. Boom. Roasted. Uh, no, but, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think Mitchell's team is as bad as, as you think. Um, I think, I think the difference with Mitchell's team and everybody else's though, is that it feels like there are a lot more holes in it. Like the margin of error for like, if one thing goes wrong is, is, smaller with Mitchell's team. Um, and I think part of that is, you know, taking the tight end in the fourth, taking another tight end in the 10th. Um, you know, this is what happens. This is what happens when, when you draft with, with your ego, you know what I'm saying? This is what (laughs) happens, right? He felt, he felt like, 
oh, you know what I'm saying? I got to run it back with Jamar Chase. So he has to have Chase in the fourth round, right? I got to run it back with Dobbins just to prove a point. So I'm going to take him in the fifth round. It's like, do you maybe maybe you would have been better off had you not done that. Maybe you would have been maybe you would have been better off instead of instead of being stubbornly committed in your mind to to certain players, right? Maybe you would have been better off if you let the draft kind of come to you, right? Mm-hmm. So first round, you see you see it just a cascade of quarterbacks coming off the board. Do you do you think for a second about maybe taking a quarterback, right? Instead of Derrick Henry? And then you say I probably would have. So then you say so then you say, no, I wanted Derrick Henry. Okay, that's fine. So you take Derrick Henry, right? So then Russ, Dak, Stafford, Rogers come off the board. No thought was given to Brady instead of instead of Jamar? None? Right. None at all? My so I'm gonna throw out an educated guess here. Uh Mitchell saw the quarterbacks that were left when he got on the clock at eleven and was like, you know what? I probably can get one of those guys in the second. Um That'd be my guess. That'd be me giving Mitchell the benefit of the doubt. But knowing how important Jamar Chase was to Mitchell last year, I'm going to say no. He didn't give any thought to uh, to Brady at that pick. But it, it's just funny because, like, hypothetically, right, if he went Henry and then Brady, and then who knows how the rest of the drafts go after that. But if he gets all the way back, if we assume it's the same players, just in a different order, blah, 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 get all the way back to round three, and he can take Keenan Allen to be his wide receiver one. That's a better build, right? Henry Brady Allen. That's better than oh, Henry yeah. Chase Tua. So like again, hindsight is twenty twenty and, and hindsight's undefeated, blah, blah, blah. Um but yeah, just like to me, like in this back half here, and, and the last three teams kind of prove this, you had to take a quarterback with one of these first two picks because the the amount of time before you're back on the clock, you knew it wasn't gonna end well. Hey, it's musical chairs, you know. Yeah. You know, and and, exactly. in, and in Superflex, when the when the music stops, you don't want to be left without a seat. You don't want to be left without a quarterback. I think I think Tua will be fine. I I do. I just I don't think that he built a team around it where where Tua can be fine and he'll still be okay. Does that make sense? Like I think he needs Tua to be like exceptional, and I just I don't know if like exceptional Tua exists. Well, I- I told Mitchell to his face. I said, "Look, it's not that I think that two is trash. I never said two is trash, but it's a, it's just a value. Fantasy football, it's all just a value game. Do I think that relative position value for Tua in the third round? Does that sound right to you? That doesn't sound right to me. Look at the other guys that are on the board, right? So to me, I think that." I just, I just don't think that that this is an is the optimal build. I don't think this is the way to go. That's all that I'm saying. Tua's yeah. got a shitload of weapons. It remains to be seen if if he can take advantage of those weapons. Um, do I think that he's Zach Wilson? Hell no. Tua's way better than Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's a zero. He can't play. <laughs> uh, Tua so, can play. Tua can play yeah. a little bit, but but there's a but there's a real possibility that Tua's more of a game manager. So let me, let me ask you this then. Um, do you like Mitchell's quarterback build more than Max's? Hmm. Mitchell went Tua, Mac and Trubisky. Yeah. Max yeah. Went Fields, Wilson Pickett. Yeah. I like what Mitchell's got there more, but I don't, I, but it's not, it's just underwhelming, you know, 
and 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 you also yeah. have to fact you also have to factor in what you gave up to get those guys. So you're if you tell sure. me I can have if you tell me I can have Fields and Pickett in the sixth and the ninth, or I can have Tua and Mac Jones in the third or the sixth, then give me Fields and Pickett in the sixth yeah. and the ninth. You know. Yeah, I I guess I would just say again, you know, hindsight's undefeated. Um, we don't know how the board's going to shake out when we're making these picks, but yeah, I I, I think Mitchell. Uh, I don't think Mitchell maximized his his potential with this pick, uh, with this draft slot, I should say. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you have a favorite pick, or is it all just trash to you? <laughs> favorite pick. Um, you know what, man? I hate to do this. I gotta I gotta scroll down the board though. In all honesty, I do I do have to scroll down the board a little bit here. And uh and I'm gonna give him some credit for KJ Hamler in the fifteenth round. Okay. I think that's a nice pick. I like that pick. Uh I like Jacoby in the in the uh twelfth. Um dude's boring as hell, but he's a boring ten points every week. So uh and he he'll need it because Gabe Davis and Garrett Wilson certainly have question marks. Um, yeah, you know, getting like Renfro and, and Jacoby, like those are some nice safety blankets to play behind Jamar Chase, who has all the upset in the world. So I yeah. think that's, that's what this team is missing more than anything. I think that's a great point you just made there, whether you realize it or not. It's just a lot of floor plays, you know, there's just not a lot of upside here. Huh. Am I wrong? Interesting. Doesn't it look like a lot of floor plays to you? We uh, got Jacoby Myers. Mac. Jacoby Myers, the slot receiver. Renfro, the slot receiver. You know? Um, you got Mac Jones and Tua, which is just kind of like a nice, healthy yawn. You know? You got, you got. I mean, Pitts is fine, I guess. Um, but he only scored one touchdown last year, and now his quarterback is Mariota. So, I mean, you tell me. <laughs> uh Two guys, look, two guys doesn't make a team. And I'm not saying he only has two guys, but like when you're when Henry and Chase is like just about the end of your upside, that's not great. That's not what you want to hear. Yeah. And judging by the number of times uh, Mitchell has been in the draft room with us as we record this podcast, uh, I think he's he's looking for some deals to be made, so yeah, um, I'm, what's about to happen is he's getting ready to put the KY jelly on for camp. That's what's about, that's what's about to go down. <laughs> if we're going to be real honest, Cam, buddy, I, I need some help here. No problem. You know what right. to do. Assume the position. <laughs> no, he's going to say he's going to say let's make a three team deal, but you need to negotiate the whole thing. Watch it, watch it go down. I called it right here on the podcast. Uh, Live. Right. Live. All right. Next next up. Dewey. All right. Um, look, I'm gonna make it I'm gonna make it as concise as possible. Um you know, do I think Dewey's team is as good as mine? No. Oh, do boy. I think that do I think that this is the best draft that he's ever had? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think he did a good job. I think he did. I think he did a so, real solid job here. You know, I think he did a real solid job here. Uh, now, one thing I will say is, you know, it remains to be seen if if Etn 
can be an RB1 in fantasy, but you got to think he's going to get all the targets he can handle. Maybe he'll be something, maybe he'll be like an Austin Eckler type, right? Now it's difficult to project that, of course, because he's playing for Jacksonville. But if, if Trevor Lawrence takes that step forward that we've been talking about potentially happening and, and you know, and you know, they were teammates, right? So, so, you know, Lawrence loves to throw the ball to ETN. So I like ETN. He's a really interesting player. It's just, it's just that he hasn't proven it yet. Um, but, you know, so ETN, we'll see. I feel very conflicted about him in, as a third-round pick. Um, you know, James Robinson's still there, and he's not going away. Um, but I do think ETN is interesting, and, and I like him. Um you know, Pollard has as much upside as any running back in the league. Uh, we'll see if, if this is finally the year that Zeke falls off. But um, I think when I look at Dewey's team, what I would say is, is, you know, the question mark here is the running back position, right? Um, everything else to me looks, looks pretty solid for the most part. Um, you know, uh, I just, I just, you know, you got to wonder, like I said, about ETN and, and Pollard and, and, um, you know, and then he's got Hines. I like Hines, but, um, do you want him to be your RB2? I'm not saying that he can't contribute on that level because he's done it before, but, but, um, but do you want him to be your RB2? You know, now Dewey's got him as a three, but yeah, I don't know. I would say my main questions here are, are mostly at the running back spot. Um, other than that, though, um, I think he did well for himself. But one thing I will I'll just give him some, you know, just some um, general advice here. Uh, could you please stop drafting Jordan Love? You do you, this is the second year in a row. You just wiped your ass with a 16th round pick. We know he's the first guy you're going to drop. I mean, he, the dude can't play, you know. And and look, are you really that concerned about Rodgers getting hurt? And, and if Rodgers does get hurt, are you really going to give the ball to Jordan Love? And if you do, are you really going to be excited about it? No. So stop. Like, if like let's hypothetically, right, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt in week three and he has to miss three weeks, right? Aren't you starting Mariota those three weeks? <laughs> are, are, are Under like, any circumstances, unless you're, unless you're, you know, Max or maybe Mitchell, you're not considering Jordan Love. <laughs> Oh man, Jordan Love um, is not okay. an option. You're you're you would you're going backwards when you're starting Jordan Love. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, it's gonna be funny when he starts for the Seahawks in Week Seven. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, Dewey went quarterback, quarterback early. Uh, locked in Russell and Rogers. That's really solid. Um, I have a hunch that he will be downgrading one of those two guys slightly for an upgrade at running back somewhere down the line. Um, I like ATN. He's, he's a fun player. Hasn't proven a damn thing in the NFL. Tony Pollard, as much as I wish Dallas would give him that job, they're not going to. So he's, his upside is capped uh, pretty hard. And then it's Naheem Hines. I, whatever. That's not a bad pick. Hines certainly is, is worth rostering um, in this league. Um, and that's kind of it. So like not a lot of running back depth here. I do have questions about the back end wide receivers, uh, London and Claypool, certainly upside plays there, but, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I own Desmond Ritter and 
I'm not sure about the the Falcons passing game. So we'll see how that works. Um, and then Claypool, eh, I feel like we do this every year with Chase Claypool. Uh, so we'll see what those guys give him. But yeah, it's it's the like for me the desire to draft uh, Mariota is is just it's a wasted pick because you kind of look at it and you go like here's who went directly after Mariota went uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Adam Thielen, Cordero Patterson. <laughs> like could uh, you, could you imagine that's, hypothetically? That's hilarious. Could you imagine Dewey with uh, Pittman, Williams, and he's got London and Claypool, and then he's got Hopkins that he can stash on his bench for what? What is it? Six weeks or whatever the suspension is. Yeah, like yeah, six weeks. Whew. Now we're talking about like a legit, but no, you had to take Mariota because you had to make your point. Um, when you say it like that, it is it is kind of hilarious. Yeah, I mean we're, Hopkins, Steelin, Patterson would have helped his team a lot more than Mariota. Um, so. Whatever. I mean, Dewey made his point. Uh, you know, he went he went Pollard Mariota. Um which again, they both should be drafted. I don't have a huge problem with Pollard in the six, but you kind of look at the guys who went around there. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown, Godwin, like it just feels like you've you've capped the upside of your six round pick pretty significantly. Dylan, Ramondre Stevenson, Rashad Penn, like yeah. I, I, I probably would have rather had all those guys. So we'll see how it works out for two. I think he has a good team. Like I, I'm not, I know I just nitpicked it a lot, but I, I do think it's a good team. Um, I think, you know, the Mariota pick is the one that has the potential to cap it as not a great team because I think, I think in a parallel universe, there's a Dewey that has DeAndre Hopkins on his bench and he's feeling pretty good about that because his two quarterbacks, typically speaking, do not miss much time. So um, we'll see how it works out for him, but I think he's got a good team. So like I'm, I'm nitpicking a little bit here, but overall I think it's a, a really solid build. Touche. Let's go ahead and let's talk about our favorite picks. Uh, mine, I'll make it short and sweet. Uh, Hines. Yep. Hines, in, Hines in the 10th round, I think is a really nice value. <sighs> I think I have to agree mostly because after the, the fifth round, I just don't see a lot of value here. Like I, I don't see any like drastic overdrafts. I just don't see tremendous value in any of the picks he made. So, uh, although Irv mean, Smith in the fourteenth is is kind of interesting, I'll say that. Dude, I suppose there's a universe that exists where maybe Dewey can get away with these receipt with these runner running backs. It just yep. it just it just seems strange to say that. It's a stretch. I guess. Yeah, it just seems, feels like a little bit of a stretch, but it's not impossible. Certainly, it's not impossible. No. I like his team. Mm-hmm. You did well, Dewey. Um, yep. Don't let me down. Don't ruin it. Don't burn. Don't burn it down yet. It's not even week one. Let's move on to Howtilla. <sighs> Howtilla. What can we say about Howtilla? Um. Well, look. I can say this. He's in possession of my water bottle, which he has not returned yet, mainly because I haven't told him that, but still rude. Um, <laughs> well, okay, so that, well, that's, we'll, we'll, we'll have to get that squared away. But uh, <laughs> as for the roster, no, here, I'm, hold, I'm holding a grudge, Matt. Like I'm yeah. not. No, Cam, your team sucks. Look, look, I think that the one thing that I want to say, I'm not going to, the team's not, obviously the team's not bad. Um, 
The no. one thing I will no. say though is 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 anybody surprised if anybody was going to draft <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson? It was going to be Cam, of course, because because the one if we haven't learned anything about Cam in the last few years here in fantasy football, no fantasy owner is more eager to kick the can down the road than Cam. He'll kick the can down the road all year long. Well, he'll be back in six weeks. He'll be back in ten weeks, and then I'll be I'll be great. I'll be great tomorrow. I'll be great tomorrow. And he keeps saying that to himself. All the while, you know, life happens. Football happens, right? Injuries, trades. Next thing you know, you get to week six. Your team ain't worth a damn. And it doesn't matter that you have DeAndre Hopkins. You get to week eleven. Deshaun Watson show finally suits up, and it don't matter because you're not competing for shit. And and so I think that it's really important. It's just funny to me, you know. Cam was so eager to do that last year with Mike William with with excuse me with uh with um Mike Thomas and Deshaun Watson. And mm-hmm. what did he and what does he have to show for it? Nothing, nothing from either one of those guys. They burned him, right? And what does he do? Did he learn any lessons? Nope. Back to the well he goes. You know? <laughs> I'm doubling down, baby. Fine. Fair enough, dude. Look, I, when Hopkins finally is active, then yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is DeAndre Hopkins. But you realize that's half the fantasy season is over at that point. Half the fantasy right. regular season is over at that point. Right? And and so what is that worth? Well, I'm not going to – you can't crucify the guy for a seventh-round pick on Hopkins. But Deshaun Watson is not worth a 10th round pick. Sorry, he's just not. Yeah, you got to get to the playoffs before Watson even matters. And then you have to have, then you have to start Watson after not playing football for two years in week one or two of your fantasy matchup, your fantasy playoff matchup. Like somebody was going to take the plunge on, on Watson and I correctly predicted it would be Cam. That was the easiest slam dunk prediction of all time. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not taking credit for that. Um, but no, I, I think overall Cam, uh, drafted, uh, quite well. So, um, you know, I, I know you're going to take some shots at him, but I, Deandre Hopkins is wide receiver four. you know what I mean? So like, no, I know. Look, it's a solid team. It's a solid team. It's a solid roster. I'm not saying that it's not matter of fact, I guess I could just get this out of the way. I mean, really as far as like value picks are concerned, He's got some real. He's got some of the better ones, you know. So Wentz in the eighth round, and then I also like James Robinson in the ninth. Yep, um, those are great value picks. To a, to an extent, you might even throw Hopkins in there. You know, it's it's a yep. bummer that it's a bummer. It's a bummer. It's tough to argue that when when he's a zero for six weeks. But look, it's no secret. I love DeAndre Hopkins. That's a great player. That's a damn. That's a, honestly when he's healthy. You know, you could argue physically best receiver in the league. He's up there. You know, yeah. I say you put him up there in a special class with guys like DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson in yeah. terms of just in terms of like physically what they bring to the game. But Hopkins is a freak. Um, yeah. So. So, yeah, you know, like I said, I think Cam has some nice value picks in, uh, mixed in here for sure. Um, just a really solid team all the way around. One of the yeah. one of the better one of the better drafts he's had. Maybe the best mm-hmm. draft he's had. Maybe. Yeah, it's it's possible. Uh, I do think he'll be a little disappointed in Najee. Um, 
just Najee was such a volume play last year. I I'll say I want to say one more thing though. I and nobody's saying this, and I'm really surprised I'm not hearing more people say this. Am I the only person in the world who is skeptical about AJ Brown in Philly? I uh, no, <laughs> no, you're not. I am very skeptical about AJ. Why is it that we just assume that AJ Brown is going to be a dude in in Philly, right? So so let me so let, let me just make this very simple for people who 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 struggle to to follow this line of reasoning. Okay, so the Eagles draft Devonta Smith out of Alabama last year in the first round, and he's their number one receiver all year long. Okay, does anybody know what his line looked like at the end of the year? The dude played 17 games. He didn't break a thousand yards. He had 900, 916 receiving yards and five touchdowns. He finished in fantasy in in standard leagues, wide receiver 30, PPR, wide receiver 29. I'm sorry, but if I was writing a list right now for for like bust candidates, AJ Brown is somewhere near the top of my list. He's right up there with uh with Tyreek Hill. Guys who are gonna yep. disappoint you on the basis of draft value. It's a big name in a bad situation. Yeah, I mean like looking at the guys who went around him, uh I'd rather have uh, Michael Pittman. Uh, I'd rather have Cortland Sutton. I'd rather have McLaurin, um, Waddle. Like, I was not high on AJ Brown this year. I don't think I ever took AJ Brown in any of the mocks or any of my other leagues. I don't think I've ever drafted AJ Brown this year. So yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, like, I I think Najee and, and Montgomery are going to be really solid. I just think that I don't know how like special they are as players. I think they're volume plays and. Like nobody's taking Najee's job. That's not an issue, but like I think Khalil Khalil Herbert is just simply better than he's a better player uh than Montgomery is. So we'll see. Um but I, I, I do like the build here. Um it's it's really not that surprising of a build. I even like what he did at tight end. You get Hunter Henry in the thirteenth and then Noah Thant in the sixteenth. Like those are your two tight ends. It's not bad. It's not bad. So uh, overall, I, I would say Cam has one of the better teams. Um, I just, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the AJ Brown pick, but you know, Brown after week six or seven only has to be Cam's wide receiver four um, because Allen Robinson, uh, not Allen, Allen comma Robinson comma and Hopkins uh, are all uh, certainly carry like wide receiver one upside when they're when they're back. And I well, mean, like, I just want to let Cam. I just want to let Cam know right now on the podcast that if he wants to put AJ Brown and Hollywood Brown on the board, then I will take that because at the end of the year, Hollywood is going to have better numbers than AJ Brown, and you could put your bottom dollar on that. Okay. Now, as far so, as uh, as far as Cam's best value pick, um, oh, I already, I already, I already discussed that. Never mind. It's it's uh it's Wentz and Robinson in my view, but yeah, Cam did a good job. Yeah, for the most part, good job mm-hmm. here. I, I like I like this team. Yeah, I would say my favorite picks are Robinson and Fant. Uh, solid values there. Perfect. All right, and finally we made it to the last team. <sighs> Stephen Woods. What can we look at here? Look, Stephen went Eckler Prescott. Then he was a second quarterback. Oh. Mills. All right, so that's a Davis topic. Of com- okay, so that's rough, right? 
right, right, right off the jump. Let's just discuss that point. Yeah, that's I kind of like that, Mills. That's kind of rough, though. That Mills is is your super flex, right? I, that's all I'm saying. It's kind of rough. Okay, you would you would yeah. rather have something. You would rather have something better than Mills. Sure. You'd rather. Okay, the rest of the team though. Our running backs are Eckler, Gibson, Patterson. Those are the only running backs on the roster. Um, as for receivers, you're looking at Evans, Judy, Thielen, Boyd, Gage, Gallup. Okay, look, this is just this is this is what Stephen Woods does. This is the most Stephen Woods roster I've ever seen. Right? Of course, he had to take his boy Mike Evans. Uh, Eckler's a stud. Prescott's a stud. Evans is a stud. Mark Andrews is a stud. So, you know, really solid up top, the foundation. Um, you know, I think that, um, Gibson is obviously, obviously still has some juice left. Uh, thanks to, uh, an armed assailant. Thanks to gun violence in Washington, DC, the Washington, (laughs) DC area. Um, but so, so there you go. You know, he's got, Look, score one for the Second Amendment, I suppose. The, the main thing here is just that the the running back depth is is is. I mean, there's only, and what I mean by that is, is he only has three backs on the roster. Are they bad backs? No, but he only has three. Uh, and then he's got a shitload of receivers. The team's fine. The team's fine. the uh, the big The big topic of conversation here. Is just that his super flex is Davis Mills, and and that's rough. And say whatever you want about it. The guy started 13 games last year, finished QB 28. Okay, um, maybe maybe he's just fine as a as a as a second quarterback in super flex. Maybe maybe he's just fine. Okay, um, but all I know is is you'd rather have somebody a little bit more inspiring than that as your super flex. Um, yep. This team's fine. It's fine. Is he, you know, is he gonna, is he gonna win the whole thing? I doubt it. Is he gonna lose the Jamarcus? I doubt it. Uh, he'll be fine. You know, that being said, uh, one thing that I do like here and I've already said it, uh, you know, uh, Cordero Patterson, eighth round, man, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I just don't understand why Cordero Patterson is falling in fantasy this year. Um, you, he had a hell of a year uh, last year. Go ahead. Yeah. I said you'll understand when Algier is the, the number one guy by week six. So You really think so? I don't know, man. It. I think I, that. So look, here's the deal, right? I had Cordero Patterson for last year, right? Mm-hmm. And he was very good. Like, obviously, very, very good. And even I was skeptical of him. You know, like there's just some natural like inclination here that there's some downside. There's some very serious downside here. Um, most notably is this is a guy who's never been used like that before. And he got a ton of touches last year. He's 31 years old. Can he do it again? I don't know. And I also like Algier, the player. I think he put up good film uh, at, at BYU. Uh, he's getting some goal line work early. You know, not a huge touchdown scorer, Cordero Patterson. Uh, so I get why, but I agree with you. I think he is a very good value pick in the eighth round. Um, I, I would imagine that, uh, it'll actually be him, not Antonio Gibson, who will ultimately end up being Steve's, uh, Steven's number two, uh, 
which I don't think is is shocking anybody, but but that's what I would I would say. I just feel like I just feel like Cordero Patterson is not like every other thirty one year old running back. He, right. he doesn't not a lot of wear got, and tear, but right. He's got more juice left. He, he for the first time it's it's embarrassing that it took the NFL nine years, eight years to figure out how to deploy the guy um, on a football field, but finally gets to Atlanta sure. after a, after bouncing around the league and, and somebody figured out how to use this guy. And, um, and he was sensational. Um, yeah. I like Cordero Patterson. I, I think that he's got another year in him. Um, I like him, you know, everyone go ahead and send your trade offers to Steven. Good luck. You know, um, Steven, you're a fool if you trade him. Um, uh, yeah, honestly, I Steven, think- if you want some, if you want some free advice, trade Antonio Gibson now. Um, I think Cordero in the eighth is, is man. It's one of the better for, picks in the draft. Yeah. Good for Steven, man. I just, like I said, there's, yeah. there's certain players in the draft, especially since we had our draft already and you kind of look back on it now and, and it's not like these picks are just. It's not like these picks or these trends are are only being seen in our draft. They're being seen in, in in drafts everywhere. Patterson is one of those guys that I was seeing where he was going in in drafts, and I and I just said, "Really? I don't understand that. I just don't get it." Let me uh, let me ask you this, Matt. Okay. Um, Patterson with the first pick of the eighth, or. Brian Robinson with a middle 10th round pick, which one would you rather have? Let's pretend well, Robinson doesn't have three bullet wounds in him right now. Well, I'm going to go with Patterson, but it's, I mean, they're both great. <laughs> they're both great. Put it on the board. I'm joking. Yeah. I'd rather have Patterson, no, I, but um, uh, yeah, I, I, I would like, say good. Sorry. God, that was, that was just one of those picks that, um, you know, it's funny because people in, in the industry, they talk about the running back dead zone, right? And it yeah. just so happens, it just so ha- unless I'm completely misunderstanding what region of the draft they're talking about, but it just so happens, in my opinion, the supposed dead zone is is where all the value is at running back this year. You know, mm-hmm. even in this short little podcast that we just recorded here, and we look at the <laughs> draft, we look short. we look at we look at the the draft that we just had, and we're talking about. Ramondre and we're talking about Rashad Penny and Josh Jacobs, mm-hmm. right? Kareem Hunt and Cordero Patterson. You know, these are guys that are falling in drafts at the running back spot. James Robinson, mm-hmm. Naheem Hines, Brian Robinson, Damian Pierce, you don't Damian like, Harris, Melvin Yeah, you don't Gordon, like these guys? We, Michael Carter, like Brian Robinson. Like, yeah, that's where, all, that's where all the value is at running back. And yeah. then, of course, I must say Chase Edmonds. My boy Chase Edmonds, you know, yeah. and and when the season comes, when the season comes to its glorious conclusion, and redemption is finally realized for the notorious, untamable, undeniable suck my hawk dynasty, Chase Edmonds nuts will be securely placed on Cam's forehead, and that's a bona fide <laughs> fact. Hmm. I wonder if we can get a mold of Chase Edmonds nuts and put it on the trophy <laughs> if you win. How much do you think that would cost on like cameo? Like, hey, I know this is weird, but like, we need a mold of your nuts. 
Well, I don't know. <laughs> not 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 your dick, just your nuts. <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> anyways, oh, anyways, so, yes. Uh, so, your favorite pick. Your favorite pick was Cordero. Yeah, from Stevens uh, draft. My favorite. My favorite one was Cordero. And having looked at all the teams now, yeah, I definitely think that that the um, the most likely for the Jamarcus is is Mitchell. Interesting. Okay. Um, I'll say I'm most likely for the Jamarcus. Um, and I feel like conflict. And I feel like that's just kind of like poetic justice in a way, right? It would be. It would be. Um, yeah. Now, overall, though, like just kind of like overreaching uh, thoughts on the draft. A lot of really good teams, uh, or a lot of good teams. Not a lot of great teams. I, I think. You know, we, we walk down everybody's roster and, and you kind of look at them and you go, does this guy have a chance? Yeah. Does this guy have it? Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of go down the board and, you know, I think at least we, we said that about, I don't know, nine, 10 teams. Like you look at the roster and you go, yeah, this, this could work. So, uh, well, I would say this is, who's your favorite on Steven's team. Uh, I like, I like the Thielen Patterson turn that he had. Um, okay. Okay. I, I still, I still think Thielen is, is underrated. I, I like him quite a bit. So um, yeah. And, and then also, again, I, I kind of like Davis Mills this year. I, I think he could be a sneaky, you know, solid quarterback too. So um, I do go. think let it's the record, that, let the record show Colby likes Davis Mills. Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> by, by the way, you know what? I bet TJ and Jake and like, I bet there are other people. So um, by the way, the rest of Steven's draft is like directly off of auto pick, which is just hilarious. <laughs> Boyd, Gage, Gallup, Higby, Watkins, Green, Locke. Like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so, yeah, overall, Steven did a nice job. I feel like uh, most people in this draft should should walk away from this draft going like, yep, I, I have a chance. I have a chance to win. Um, and I don't feel like the gap between the top and the bottom is as wide as it's been uh, in other years. So I think for the most part, we did a, we did a nice job, guys. So who's at the top? Um, I am <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is going to be a top 10 quarterback. So I am, uh, there's your, there's honest- your hot take. There's the, <laughs> the hot take that he didn't share with us yesterday in the league chat. I did. You just didn't pin it. Um, Trevor Lawrence top 10 QB. No, my hot take was that the Mariners beat the Yankees and you just refused to pin it like a bitch. Um, <laughs> Honestly, like I feel like Will's got a chance here. I really like this this build of his. So um, I think Will's got a good chance. I'm really fascinated to see how Garza does. The quarterback scared the crap out of me. Um, I don't know, dude, because like you say, like who's the favorite? And you go, all right, Will. And then I was like, well, you know, TJ's you know pretty close to that, and he's got this over Will. And you go, well, you know, Jake's got this, and it's pretty close. But you know, that's where he has the advantage. And then I look at like Brian, and then I look at like Cam, and and you know what I mean, like. I keep looking at these rosters and I, it's so hard to say um, who I think has the best team because I, I think, again, there's things I like about everybody's team. There's things I don't like about everybody's team. If I had to, if, yeah, if I had to pick one, <sighs> man, this is tough. Uh, I 
don't know. I like initial thought was TJ, but until he makes that wide receiver move, like just judging the rosters based on how they are right this second, uh, I think I would say I might go, I might go Willie Tender. Like I, I just feel like that's a very balanced roster right there. Can't argue. I mean, look, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with you that he's the best, but he's he's good. Well, he's we know good. we know that you think you're the best. But he's like, not. He, yeah, I was gonna. He ain't, he's not Matty G, but I mean, <laughs> sure, he, sure, of course, of course. He did he did well. I wonder I wonder how how TJ feels about uh about the fact that you know his uh his compadre might have might have stood him up in his rookie draft. <laughs> he might have. He might have been. He might have been outshined by his boy. I mean, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I, I think TJ did very well too, though. So, like, again, like you could, like, there are literally if you could probably, like, I, I know you're going to say you. So, like, fine, whatever, say you. But like, if you took yourself off the board, I feel like there's like six or seven teams that you could say like this one's the best, and I'd be like, yeah, I could see it. Like, so I really do feel like this might be the the closest we've been coming out of the draft uh, as a group. Uh, so it's going to be fun. It's, it's going to be a, a, a dog fight. Um, I, you know, we'll see what week max gives up, but, uh, you know, if he can hang around till like week <laughs> nine or 10, you know, he's got a shot. So look, he didn't um, do himself any favors with those quarterbacks. Let's be honest. <laughs> so like you're saying that for the, uh, Jamarcus, you think max or, or Mitchell, like, it sounds like those are the two well, teams you like. Look, the least. look, I think max's team could be really good. I like I like Justin Fields. I liked I I liked him a lot last year and he he absolutely burned the shit out of me. But if <laughs> Justin Fields could live up to his potential, then Justin Fields could be a QB1. And and if Justin Fields is a QB1 and Pickett gets the ball for for the Steelers and 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 I got to imagine that Pickett will be good enough. Um uh, then, then I think Max will be fine, right? But I think that he's going to go as far as his quarterbacks take him. If his quarterbacks are good, then he's going to be good. If his quarterbacks, are, if they, if they, if the floor falls out on the quarterbacks, the roster's toast. He's going to have to make a move. He's going to have to sell off some of these, some of these beautiful, these beautiful so, position pieces he's got here. Sure. So then you'd you'd. You're saying the same thing about Garza then too. Well, I think that I feel better about Garza's quarterbacks. Right, right, right. But I, I'm just saying, like, yeah, Garza's I mean, going to go as far. The first Garza's, one, sure, but Garza's going to go as far as his quarterbacks take him. But is that I true of I, every time? I'm not going to say. Well, the reason that that's noteworthy with Garza and Max is because their quarterbacks are question marks. Yeah. Some of these other teams, their quarterbacks aren't really question marks. That doesn't mean that the floor can't fall out. You could you could question, you know, you could question Trey Lance. You could question is this the year Brady falls off the cliff? You know, is Rogers supporting uh supporting um, you know, cast not good enough, although I don't really think that matters that much because at the end of the day it's Aaron fucking Rodgers. Um but you could question it. Um, you could even question, I, some people are going to say I'm crazy, but you could even question Jalen hurts. Um, (laughs) and these are the quarterbacks that are supposedly safe or supposed to be safe. 
because they're being taken in the first couple rounds here, right? Um, yeah. So, so yeah, you're right from that perspective. But, I mean, look, are we really going to act like drafting Tom Brady is the same thing as drafting Justin Fields? Because, of course not, you know? Um, and like I said, the bottom line is, is at least as far as, at least as far as Max's team is concerned, Zach Wilson ain't it. Does anyone does anyone really disagree with that? Honestly, uh, I like Wilson fine. I just I I yeah, like Zach Wilson as a quarterback three, sure. But I mean, there's a there's a non zero zero chance that Max needs uh, Zach Wilson to be like a QB one for this build to work of his. So we'll see. Um, also kind of weird. He didn't back him up with, uh, with Joe Flacco, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Max wants to punt week one. And I mean, he's not even really punting it, but you know what I mean? Like he wants to roll with a, a wide receiver or whatever in the super flex in week one. Then, then, you know, so be it. So, um, so before, before we wrap everything up for the people, do you have anything, anything you want to share? with the people any any hot takes any anything in particular you want to just throw out there if, if not you could just post it on the board you know post it on the league chat i'm thinking i'm gonna <laughs> participate in in what we were had going yesterday with hot takes and whatnot i'll get mine out there tomorrow so yeah um i don't know if i have any hot takes per se um how about how about tomorrow? You can join in tomorrow too, and instead of giving us your baseball takes, you can give us your twenty twenty two NFL takes. I mean, I guess that's fine, but like, I don't really give a fuck about the NFL right now. So, <laughs> um, I've got bigger fish to fry. Uh, Mariners won again, by the way. So I saw um, that. Yeah, swept the Tigers. Yeah, apparently, it's only a problem when Max goes to the games, which, considering his energy, is. Not a surprise. Uh, Max puts out some awfully negative vibes. If you can't tell, I've decided <laughs> to replace Tyler with Max. So there's that. Um, well, look, I miss the Mariners, Tyler. The Mariners like to lose when I show up to the game too. So <laughs> I really think that's that, that's really what went wrong. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, or you know, it's just a blip on the radar, and a really good bullpen wasn't very good that night, and that that stuff happens. So, um, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to get the season underway. Uh, like I said, it's. I, it looks like the Mariners are going to make the playoffs, and most of you guys don't care about that. But for me, it's a big deal. Uh, so that's where a lot of my focus is is uh, going to be. Uh, so I'll still, you know, jump in on the chat. Although I, I don't think I'll ever top the back and forth I had with Maxi. So that's maybe I should just go out on top there. But uh, I'll still be in the chat. I'll still uh, still going to try and produce some more content for you guys. So whether that's you know hopping on the podcast with Matt. Uh, a little bit more frequently than we did last year, which I mean, if we do it one more time is more than we did last year. Um, you know, maybe writing some stuff, uh, maybe even producing a video or two like that's That's something I'm thinking about. So uh, I'm going to try and pump out some more, uh, some more content for you guys trying, you know, add to the production value of this team or this league a little bit. But uh, yeah, for the next, uh, I don't know, hopefully the next two months, I'm just all in on the Mariners. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm still going to talk trade and all that stuff. So don't you worry. I'll make, I'll make time for you guys, but uh, I just, I, I really couldn't care less about the NFL right now. And I swear only part, part of that is only part of that is because the Seahawks are 
probably not going to be very fun to watch. Although I do think they're going to win like seven, eight games. So we'll All see. All right. Well, with that being said, um, with that being said, I guess this is, well, oh, I know what I, before, before, before I sign off, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and listening to Colby and I kind of banter back and forth about what we see looking at the way that the draft fell. Um, but it doesn't have to end with with just me and him. Uh, if you guys want to share your opinion of anything that we shared today uh, in this podcast, and maybe you have your own takes or your own opinions, I'd love to see those on the on the league chat. Um, and I'm sure Colby would love to see those things too. And then we can respond to whatever it is that you guys uh, what you guys have to say. Maybe some of that shit will get pinned for all we know. Um, so with that being said. It's your boy, Matty G, signing off with Colby Patnode. And I guess the last thing I want to say is fade Matty G. He knows things.